Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Podcast like it. Just podcast like it. Podcast like it's night. Hello and welcome to Podcast Like It's 1999, the podcast where we talk about television shows in 1999 from Central Park here in 2019. I am one of your hosts, Kenny Nybar. And I'm Phyllis Gove. And if you haven't already guessed, we are talking about 2019's hottest show. The biggest show. The biggest show on TV today. It still kind of is. I'm not making a yeah, joke. No, no. Uh, <laughs> I mean, people are paying I mean, $100 million for- It's a joke, but yeah. it's also the truth that like yeah. it is literally the number one show on the number one service in the world, Friends. And uh, joining us today is Tia Napolitano. Hi. Tia wrote on Grey's Anatomy and Scandal and Station 19. She's currently writing on a show called The Council of Dads. Look for it in the fall. So we many, don't know yet. So has, many daddies. Has that happened? Uh, in the mid season. Look for it in the Early winter. Twenty. Um, but uh, so nice to have you on. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. I'm on really right excited. This, is, this has been a this has been long in the talking. There's been a lot of. It's cool that we're to be on here. doing this. And like, so Friends uh, premiered what? In 1994, I want to say. 1994, so. I should have that piece of information. So I just have it at the ready. 1994. <laughs> um, Let's find out. And September 22nd, 1994. 1994. Yep. And we are talking about a iconic episode that aired in 1999. Mm-hmm. Two-parter. A two-part iconic episode. Some uh, might wonder why it was two parts. Is it called the- – <laughs> What's it called? The one where the one where they go to Vegas. Vegas. The one in Vegas. The one in Vegas. Which you know, I, uh, the the brilliance and the genius of the Friends yeah. naming episodes. You know exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. Even though the best episode of all time has a really shitty name. What is it? Tia, what do you think the best episode of all time is? 
Um, <laughs> Tia has copious I have notes, a lot guys. Of notes. There, um, there's a right answer. Okay. There is a right answer? No, no, yes, no. Yes, definitely. Um, uh, you'll agree with me. I want to hear your thoughts. It's the one with, it's the, one with the embryos. Absolutely not. Is, is that the one hundredth? No. Which one? Are we? Are we talking? What's about, it called? This is a show called Friends. <laughs> the one with Wait, the but, embryos. Oh, the, the one with the embryos. The one where where is the one with the game show? See, I don't, I, no, for I the apartment. No. Oh wait, that's that not that the best one. that. But that's a great episode. It's the best one. So what's the best one? <laughs> the one where Ross got high. One of the Thanksgiving episodes. The one where Ross got high. <laughs> yes. Oh yeah, yeah. The one with you guys could go deeper. Which which uh which Thanksgiving already contentious? I love the Thanksgiving episodes, but which one is it? I can't uh, quite remember. The one where Rachel makes a trifle, and it's half a trifle, half of a English shepherd's pie. <laughs> That's is it, that is a little later in the run, is it not? Uh, yeah, I think it's season seven, season yes. six or seven. Okay, so the to me the iconic Thanksgiving episode is the Brad Pitt one. What? Oh, we're going to fight. What is going on? We're okay, okay. Fight. It's, I, I mean, mean we're repping season seven. <laughs> we're already like talking about the 2000s. I don't even know what's happening. I mean, here's the thing, guys. There there were 236 episodes of Friends. You might not see eye to eye on what the favorite episodes are. Uh, but I'm right. So <laughs> about the embryos. Um, Which was the embryos? Walk me through this one again. Why is it called the one okay, with the embryos? I, yes, okay. It's the one with the game show. Mm-hmm. It's. I do love the game show portion of Which that. Which is the only thing that matters. That's Where I mean, no one knows what Chandler does for a job? Transponster. Uh-huh. Transponster. I know what he does. He's a transponster. <laughs> That's not, not even a word. <laughs> yes, and his name isn't even Ch- Chandler. It's Miss Chandler Bing. Bong. Miss Chandler Bong. Bong, excuse me. But the embryo part was Phoebe trying to get pregnant with her brother's yeah. child. Right. Played by Gen- Giovanni, Giovanni Ribisi. Yeah. And the wife was the mom from um, the 70s the show. show. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah but, it's weird. Uh, I can't just remember like, her name. Just like Tia trying to uh, find a surrogate. It's true. Just like I have embryos in a in a freezer somewhere, so I get it. Cool, getting deep quick. <laughs> um, okay. I didn't think that was a secret. Is that I'm a secret? A, no, I'm an overshare. Phil yeah. knows. That's awesome. So am I. Um, Excellent. We got yeah, apparently we got a little far afield. But I would say okay. that this episode is not my favorite. Anyone? No, no. These, not, this this no. is this was not the peak of its powers. No, but I would I, I I fully agree with that. But I'll say this: it ends with one of my favorite endings of a Friends episode. I feel like it's forty five minutes. I'm talking about the two parter. Yeah, to get to one great moment. Yeah. Well, I liked. I really liked the Monica Chandler stuff. There's plenty of great stuff. I don't mean yeah, that. Yeah. Any episode of Friends, you're going to have plenty of yeah. jokes and plenty of laughs. But two of the storylines are weak. Of the four, we'll say. Of the four storylines that exist in this, two of them are Let's run them down real fast. Sauce. Let's I run mean, them down. Joey and the fucking hands. Horrible. <laughs> maybe one of the <laughs> one of the worst things they've maybe done. I think I wrote down no. it, it's, it's not exactly the Joey special. <laughs> Do you know what the Joey so special bad. is here? No. No. Well, it's Joey's Pizza Order. Oh. Well, well, I, okay. I don't go as deep on Friends pizzas, as you guys, so you're going to have to – It's two pizzas. pizzas. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> Joey's special is two pizzas. <laughs> just just two pizzas? Yeah, it's a Joey's special. <laughs> two pizzas is so perfect. good. But, but Hand Twin is not the so hand, good. It's like, although the Hand Twin is played by Thomas Lennon, which is yes. something. Yes. Yeah. Which is kind of amazing. But – and then I, I think Phoebe and the the lurker 
Not great. Not great, but has a great joke where she says, this woman's selling drugs to children. Drugs to kids. That is good. Yeah. <laughs> just, just like, that is good. It's impressive. But those two plot lines suck. So that's like half your episode is eaten up with their bullshit, which is unfortunate. But I do like – I mean, the Joey's hand, dumb, the, but he's not that dumb. He's dumb. The hand twin is so bad. so bad. But like the beginning of it where he like – I so Tia, do you remember? Because I don't. Do you remember what the setup was to get him in Vegas? Like what the movie was that he got dropped from? I really don't. I meant to go back and rewatch it. I yeah. watched the one after because I was curious. Turkey on the head. No, no. What? Is was that, that the one after Vegas was the season six premiere, I believe. Mm-hmm. Where like Chandler says, I love you. Yes. To a turkey head. I was it to a turkey The one with all the Thanksgivings? No. I don't know that it was. No, I watched no. the beginning of it. Right, and I, don't we, I don't think it is. No, that's because they, they come it, – it literally – they try to match it. They try, they try to do a direct pickup. Mm-hmm. But it's clearly been shot many months later and they all look different. Yeah. And it's – they have different haircuts. Did like Matthew it's, Perry it's, put on 40 pounds or lose 40 pounds? Yeah, I don't remember. It's one or the other. It's probably going upwards okay. rather than down. Right. Um, I don't know if that's – I don't know if those are dark periods for him or – Good periods. I think the skinny part. are the, the – that's the bad, bad period. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think it was like seasons two, three, and four. Like he says he doesn't remember episode. making, that which is crazy. Yeah. Um, but all that being said, uh, the, 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 the season six premiere is very strange. It's called <laughs> The One After Vegas. And in, in like a weird joke – um, Courtney Cox had married David Arquette in between seasons, oh, so they this. all had credits with Arquette in their name. I think I cried oh, when cute. I saw that air the first time that they were all really celebrating her marriage. It's so sweet, and they're really friends. I think <laughs> I think one of the really greatest legacies is the friends yes. bargaining, oh, the friends yeah. negotiating oh, yeah. tactic, mm-hmm. and the true belief that these people are. At- it's not a true belief. It's a fact to this day that these people love each other yeah. and are really, truly friends. It's yeah. great. It's it's. I mean, that is first of all, like that changed the industry. Yeah. In terms of Big a bargaining agreement of an entire cast, yeah. but it, it also just to your point shows how close they were. I read this thing about how Schwimmer said that when he knew the show was coming to an end, which I mean, I guess I think that they had an inkling around probably eight or nine that the yeah. show was coming to an end. The thing that he dreaded most was they would do a huddle before every episode and they'd be mm-hmm. like good show good show and he couldn't bring himself to think about looking at those people for the last time in that huddle Aww. like it's it's they really I, I can't even imagine what it was like to make the show it must have been just an amazing thing like it's just it's and we've never i mean i guess maybe i hate to say it but i guess it's big bang right now hmm. in terms of a of, I'm of sure it's something wonderful for the big bang cast to do to do it on their you know, to have their thing because they did the same thing yeah yeah they negotiated as a as a block they did Oh, I didn't know that. Um, well, at least tears. the top three did. Yeah, like so the top three did. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I'm sure they have a lovely relationship. <laughs> I'm sure, with I'm each sure other. they do. I'm sure they do. But I just it's a different dynamic. It's obviously. a different thing, and we really should talk about, and we will talk about. Yeah, the uh, I don't really want to say death of multicam. I would say the hibernation of the highbrow multicam. Yeah, um, and what it'll take to bring it back. Do we three what drama is, writers will bring back the bring back the multi yeah, We will do it right here, guys, live. Um I yeah, I don't know that Yeah, I, I would agree with you that I don't think it's dead. Because I watch shows like this and I'm like, this format is amazing. When done well. I was watching I actually did a little bit of a deep dive into Cheers over the past couple of months too. Oh, it's brilliant. It's just, it's it's way beyond anything that like that's the bummer of it is that it's become uh, lesser than people look at it 
and think multicam versus single cam. And for for our listeners, the difference between those two things is a multicam is three cameras in front of a very theatrical in front of a live studio audience for the most part. Friends, cheers, Friends, Seinfeld, cheers, Seinfeld, Seinfeld, Big Bang, you right? Know, you, you those know ones. You and then your single cams are your office, your modern family, your shows rock, that, that Atlanta and girls are seeming and as though they Barry were shot on one and, camera. Yeah. yeah. So it's it's just totally different, and there's a more filmic quality to a single cam, obviously, than a multicam. But when you see it done well, you're just like, why aren't we doing this? We're it's trying. also it's also cheaper. <laughs> That's the other thing too, like from a producerial perspective, like it's much cheaper to make a multicam. But well, let's get back to this. Sorry. Tia, yeah, we have uh, we've just steamrolled. Steam so right let's pull right past you. Let's really pull back the steamroller <laughs> and let's ask you uh, a couple questions. Like, where were you in 1999? 1999, I was a freshman in boarding school. Uh, yeah. <laughs> where, I'm going to find out some new stuff. Where were you yesterday. in boarding school? Do you um, went to boarding school? I went to boarding school. Brooks School in North Andover, Massachusetts. Where are you from? Uh, Massachusetts. Did you say North Andover? Mm-hmm. Okay. I know Andover. You do? Yes. I know, some, I know some people from Andover. Ah. <laughs> yeah. So I've been to Andover and uh, I am yeah, familiar with the, with the area. Nice. I'm cool. not. It's it's very it's very preppy. Like so, there's so two big prep schools. Where in Massachusetts are you from? Um, originally Medford, Massachusetts, okay. which is nothing like Andover. Of course, I know Medford as well. Excellent. And then, um, <laughs> where are you from? I'm from New York. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, and then Newburyport after that. So like kind of all over Massachusetts. How far is Medford from Andover? Like. 20 minutes probably on the freeway. You lived that you lived in at the boarding school. I house. lived there okay. and my grandmother gave me my grandmother had two of those like TVs that were popular probably I don't know how long ago but like re, like a teeny tiny screen probably smaller than an iPad. Okay. That you had to plug in yeah, I know those batteries. Guys. Sure. So we weren't allowed to have TVs in our dorm room. So I would uh, plug this in and sneak it under the covers to watch friends like dude, every is, Thursday is, at 8. That's a diehard. Yeah. Oh, and I got with away like, with it. With the like whole a time. little antenna. With like a little antenna. And it was probably black and white. Like it was tiny. And she used to like use it. She had two one for the kitchen and one for the laundry room. And I like begged her to take one. That's and lovely. And so I did. Yeah. So I can. So, how, a- so what, I mean, what seasons are we talking about that you watched on this tiny screen under um, the covers? 99 through 2002, probably. Oh, wow. yeah. yeah. Okay. So, okay. Were there other things in 99? Now, I know this is tough because. Tia were, doesn't really – Tia watches movies and television. <laughs> she just doesn't remember a lot of them, which is totally fair. Either. Yeah. that's I, I'm terrible at podcasting because I can't remember shit <laughs> except for true. weird facts. Like I know the year the <laughs> show started. You, but You're I, selling yourself short. I am but, on purpose. Yeah, but I do but think I can't that – I remember shit from the last So you watched years. a handful of movies in 99, I imagine, right? I mean you, you probably saw Notting Hill – for instance, yeah, I saw Notting Hill. Tom to Mr. Ripley, as we've talked at length about in the room on Station 19. I thought you were a pretty big fan of that show. I mean, I'm movie, a huge – so I listened to – I think the Talented Mr. Ripley episode of this podcast was yes. the first one that I listened to. And I was immediately reminded of like how much I loved that movie and I had forgot – I had entirely forgotten yeah. it, like totally aside from a, cute, a few key moments. Sure. Um, and if we start talking about that, we'll never stop. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I just became – obsessed and so like one day like I listened to it I called Phil into my office and I was like we need to talk about the talented Mr. Ripley mm-hmm. and this was like a year and a half ago and it, it I mean it's like 50% of 
the things we talk about. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 we <laughs> named characters after characters from, you know, for all the, the diehard Station 19 fans that listen to this podcast. Uh, Ripley was named after the talented Mr. Ripley. Cheap Ripley. Cheap uh-huh. Ripley. Uh, there were lots of characters, a lot of deep dives of just, you know, mm-hmm. rando characters that we, you know, would just go to that well. The other movie that I feel like I probably re-exposed to you or maybe you had not seen before was Interview with the Vampire. Oh, okay. I had never seen it. Never seen it. That's, that became that's it. an Iscove special right that's there. It's a great fucking movie. Yeah, and, I know what you like that. <laughs> and Tia, you know. It's it, the it, greatest gay love story of all time. <laughs> it's, it's, wow. it's a very gay movie. <laughs> is it, the, very gay is movie? it the greatest? Ripley? I don't know. I think I, I love Some it. people say podcasts like, like, like it's 1989 is the greatest gay love story of all time. It's so true. It's true. up there. Yes. There are shippers that are out there. It's yeah. definitely Oh, sure are. Yeah. Did you see other – the No. Oh, on the blankies Reddit today? I didn't see this. Someone predicted what our Magnolia episode would look like. <laughs> Five parts? No, me and you holding each other and crying for 10 <laughs> hours. <laughs> Fair. I would Fair. pay to see that. That sounds right. All I 10 hours of it? Oh, yes. so good. Uh, whatever. So good. It's the best movie. I would do it. I would do it for a very small sum. Yeah. So, I do it for free. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't sm- small sum. <laughs> So what other – I mean do you remember any other shows that you were watching at the time? Were you watching Ally McBeal? Were you watching like – I mean – Once in a while, but um, that was like close to when the original Beverly Hills 90210 ended. Right? Correct. The year it ended. The year I think it ended around 2000. May have been a little earlier. It may have been a little earlier. My apologies. I feel like I snuck a little bit of that in. It was hard to come by TV and media in boarding school. I let bet. me tell you. Especially then. No Is that iPhones. for real? Yeah. Was there like a TV room? Well, our dorm didn't have one. And some dorms so did? Or? Some dorms did, okay. and I'm sure that was great. But we had this, like, giant <laughs> TV. Those people had a great time. Like, <laughs> check out and have in your room. And my friend Dominique and I would steal it and lock it in there so no one else could use it. Sorry, everyone else who lived in that dorm. <laughs> and you could, like, watch VHSs. I think there was no cable. Like, it was really wow. – It was the woods, what, what man. Did you, what did you do to deserve to go to this place? Yeah, why did you – Go to a boarding I was school. Just really bad. I don't know. You couldn't have been a bad kid. <laughs> no, no. I was a she is kid. the least bad looking person. I think yeah. I've ever I mean, I'm just saying. Is... I'm just saying. I'm judging a book by its cover. <laughs> She's got claws. Good. Yeah. <laughs> You've been in a room with her. Every. <laughs> Things are all bets are off in a room. I am but... a sweetheart. She, uh, yeah. Developed. Truth, truthfully, Tia's the best. <laughs> I will just say, though, you know, you don't want to be on her bad side. Everybody says that. I don't understand I don't think – I think there are very few people that you want to be on their bad side though. Like most people are going to show – you know, they're going to defend themselves. Fair point. You don't want to be on anyone's bad side. It's That's just true. generally just not a yeah, good thing. So you don't want to be on my bad side. <laughs> no. Just ask some of the – some of the guests we've had. So, uh, uh, I don't know about that. But I'll, I'll just sit if, – if like the, if things are not going well on the podcast, I'll just sit here like this for like 20 minutes. Mm. He get. He, I mean, Kenny. Kenny could shut down from time to time. Shut down. He gets real growly. That's like terrifying. Fucking forces of nature. Um, wow. Ooh, wow. Nothing. Nothing. Doesn't listen. Uh, can, we just, can we just? <laughs> can we just talk about what Tia brought holding? in real fast? Tia brought in which, mugs for every character, of which assures she will never be on my bad side. <laughs> so every character. So we'll post pictures of this on our on our. Uh, various feeds but uh each character has a different drink named after them is that well let me tell you how i got these so you didn't buy them in a set no they are mugs they're they're mugs that's the the end of the story story. i just want to know different colored mugs we're just we're just talking randomly they're different drinks these are these are mugs well mine says monica macchiato because i probably think monica is my favorite character you're a bit of a monica excellent Uh, that's true 
or as I like to say, I think Phil is a Geller hybrid. He is the third Geller. There's some Ross in there. Yeah, he is the There's, third Geller. Yeah, I, I can see Geller. that. I guess. Well, there's no question that anyone who's ever met you and, and has compared you to a friend character has compared you to Ross. No doubt in my 100%. mind. But if you feel like you're a Monica, you're a Monica. I, all right. All right. I'm sorry, Terry. How did you get these uh, these incredible mugs? So there are six mugs. Uh, three of them are like the wide mouth traditional Friends mugs that you're used to seeing on Friends. And then the other three are kind of these weird mugs that you've never seen on Friends with all the men's names in them. And the bigger oh. ones have the females' names in them. So uh, gender bias mugs. I know. It's weird. That's weird. Because I got them my junior year in high school when I lived in France with my friend Heidi McAdams, who you know, hmm. and we were giant Friends fans. And it doesn't air of the same year in France, and but sure. like everyone in France loves it. So mm-hmm. they have like these VHS box sets and we would like watch them on repeat. And there's this like French version of McDonald's called The Quick. And this was their like Happy Meal souvenir. Oh, wow. So I had to keep going. This is even cooler than I thought it would to, be. Like, I don't know. This if is I, a pretty sweet thing to get for the thing. Yeah. So they're from the year 2000, and like I've saved them. I've moved them like from my mom's house they're to fantastic. New York to California. And the one you're drinking from is different than the yeah, other. Yeah, this one's this is just a classic. Somebody gave me this. It's like a giant bowl sized mug yeah. that just says friends. And that was a gift from, I'm sorry, I forget who. How do we feel about the friends logo? I mean, I the friends type the, the font. Yes. The, I don't know how I feel about the dots. Hmm. They make. My head hurt a little bit. I like it better that way than this way. Like I don't really love like the black, the black solid black font as yeah. opposed to the. Oh yeah, those aren't real things. Those, no. That's that's the Friends thing. Yeah, that's yeah. the Friends. The one on Tia's mug. It's is. very iconic. It's like it's the Simpsons font. Um, I like it. I think it's great. I think the I think kind of that the people are now wearing Friends shirts. Mm-hmm. They are around, and I think they're very cool. <laughs> uh, the shirts are the very, people very pro I assume the people are cool because I love friends and they're repping <laughs> friends uh, I just love it I love something that's so iconic um, just as simple as I, if I saw any one of the letters yeah. in friends I would know exactly where it's from it's yeah. it's funny though because I don't really think of the dots in that version like the the, the iconic one there but um, I don't know if you saw I sent it to you but um, Courtney Cox posted on her Instagram this photo of the cast of friends oh, yeah in a plane to Vegas before the show premiered, they all went to James Burroughs, flew them in a private jet to mm-hmm. Vegas. They all had that cheers money. Basically, had, they had no money, so they were all just. They look like just kids in a candy store. They're so excited. And she posted this photo and then put friends with the dots in between the letters, mm-hmm. and it kind of it, it it's kind of cute. So we can maybe quickly run through. I don't know if how I don't really know what to do about this. I love Friends so much. I'm like you. I love Friends so much. I've seen basically every episode. I will admit I did tail off while I was in college. Wow. But up through like the first six seasons, uh, just devoured it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot about this show. But I would say uh, – I mean I could run through a little bit of where these char- where these people were before they were on Friends. You mean these actors? That's right. Okay. Like I know Aniston uh, is the daughter of a famous actor. Sure. John Aniston. Leprechaun something. She was in Leprechaun. Yeah. Yeah. She was in Leprechaun and was kind of like yeah. working hard. Courtney Cox was like the most famous at the time. She, she was. was. in the Bruce Springsteen. Dancing in the Dark. Dancing in the Dark video. But she yeah. wasn't like really famous. But she was the biggest name that they had. Right. And she does – uh, Ace Ventura in '94, correct? She like I think it was. I think right. it's like yes. it came out either she shot it before Friends or something like that. So that kind of happened. And she was kind of a pilot person. And yes, she had done a bunch of pilots that either didn't get picked up or just won a couple of episodes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So she was kind of like you know George Clooney was kind of famously that guy too for a yeah, long, long time, time, ten years. Yeah. Um, so Courtney Cox is that. I know nothing about uh, Lisa Kudrow. Um, she was all mad about you. 
that character oh, is yeah. technically the I twin sister know. to that character. Yeah, Ursula, but I don't know if Ursula actually was. Oh, yeah, I think you're right. I think she was on before, and that's why she got cast yeah, on the show. I think that's right. And uh, she, she was the one that was convinced was going to get cut after the pilot because she's like, why am I friends with these people? They all seem like they – doesn't make like, any sense. She's it's like awesome. an outlier and it's great. Yeah, she's uh, like a homeless person. <laughs> That that's like one of my favorite jokes is like when they're talking about like Rachel and Ross are fighting <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it's like yeah. oh, well I figured somebody would leave the group like Rachel says I just I figured it would be Phoebe <laughs> <laughs> Phoebe's like hey and she's like you're not related you're not a roommate you left right out she does left right out she really does and I also love when like they're talking about their like petty white people problems she's like yeah. oh yeah I was homeless my mother like yeah. you know, I don't know my mother don't know my father and but it's also like it's my sister's an evil it's so, monster as we can all speak to but being in a room having a character like that is so vitally important yeah like having the weird thing that you can offshoot stories and do things that don't because it is a very sort of like without phoebe they're kind of in a bubble well, right they like they'll kind of joey too right yeah. i guess but joey's like but the roommate there. of you know what i mean having having characters who I, larry david is like this a lot of people don't think of larry david's character as um being both the person who protects society's norms and also the person who breaks society's sure. norms. Mm. But given any situation, any like if 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 you were chewing gum in a movie, yeah, you could either be Larry could either be the guy chewing gum in the movie yeah. or the guy pissed off at the guy chewing gum in a movie. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You can yeah. go any direction with it. Yeah, you could do the same thing with Joey and the same thing yes. with Phoebe, and that's wonderful. It's yeah. so freeing. Oh my god, yeah. Because they have opinions and they they're they're just these malleable characters. So I think that I do think the, they have the outsiders to, to that inner crew is vitally important. Otherwise, I think you you just from a story engine perspective, it just really it's limiting. There's nowhere to go. Yeah. Uh, the other ones, uh, Joey was on was on Married Children. He yeah. basically played like a dumb himbo for a I lot. Did not know that he wasn't really on it. He was like he was like a uh, recurring character, like would occasionally be involved with Christina Applegate's character. But wow, he, yeah, he was just like this basically playing a Joey version, but even dumber <laughs> and like kind of a little more dangerous. Matthew Perry was on Nana Two and what? He was? He was. I didn't know that. Yeah, he was like the school's resident tennis – not pro. He was like the number one tennis guy there. You're blowing my mind. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I don't remember the Schwimmer thing before this. Um, this was written for Schwimmer. This was written for Schwim- Schwimmer. So he, um, people thought he was going to be He was star. friends with one of them. I think it was – I don't know which one. Crane, of them. right? I think it might have been Crane. Uh, and they literally wrote it for him, although other people did test for it yeah they wrote it with him in mind uh there's a couple things that i think are really cool about this um, one more thing to say about yeah, schwimmer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. schwimmer um this is gonna really be weird but schwimmer was very close to doug allen okay and he probably as much as anybody well you did a movie with him right doug did uh yeah kissing a fool the schwimmer yeah. starred him yeah more than almost anybody with the exception of Wahlberg, Schwimmer's probably the, the closest analog to what it's like to be friends with a movie star. Really? So Doug was very close to Schwimmer and yeah. like his – like the experiences of E. Sure. Uh, sometimes mirror the – with Vince, sometimes mirror his experiences of Schwimmer. Whoa. Really? Yeah, because a lot of people in the room huh. throughout the first uh, few seasons of the show were – a lot of people were very close one way or another with a big hmm. star. Huh. Like another writer used to date Shannon Doherty and another writer was Ed Burns' brother. And um, it, 
just various people. It was like six people who had, you know, obviously Steve Levinson and Mark Wahlberg. There are a lot of people sure. who had really close relationships with some movie star that informed it. Um, but yeah, Doug's really close movie star friend was David Schwimmer. That's so funny. Yeah. Very cool. Um, so just to have you know, little pieces of trivia on the development of this of this project in the early 90s, Friends co-creators David Crane and Marta Kaufman wrote a seven-page pitch for a new sitcom titled Insomnia Cafe. That was the original title. Yeah, Insomnia Cafe. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Sure. Um, in addition to the different title, the plot itself was quite different uh basically ross and rachel weren't the key relationship instead joey and monica were supposed to be the love interests uh nbc bought the pilot they titled it originally friends like us Mm uh nbc president warren littlefield came up with another title that they also considered across the hall uh by the time they shot it the title had switched again to six of one uh these are bad terrible (laughs) titles and then the show premiered obviously september 22nd 1984 they landed simply on friends uh, Kathy Griffin, Jane Lynch, both auditioned for Phoebe. Whoa, that's a different is, show. That's a different show. Yeah. <laughs> uh, John Favreau, John Cryer, both auditioned for Chandler. Favreau later in the show. Yes, yeah. Favreau later in the show. Uh, Matthew Perry almost didn't get the gig in 94. He did a pilot called LAX 2194, uh, where he was like a baggage handler in or something future? in the future. Okay. Uh, who I'm sorted a, aliens? I'm expect that one out. Aliens. <laughs> Sounds pretty good. <laughs> I would watch that. Um, the show didn't get picked up, obviously, and he was able to take the the friends gig. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's amazing to think that during the first season, they all made twenty two thousand per episode. Um, then obviously they all got together uh, in ninety seven. So we're talking like four. So I guess they really couldn't negotiate for the first four years of the show. Yeah. Which I guess makes sense. Se- going into season four, so but the I first think today you would you would probably be able to renegotiate sooner. I guess is the point I'm trying to make. Like maybe I, after two, probably something like more that. after three. I think. And then in '97 they get up to a hundred thousand dollars per episode. Yeah, pretty good. And pretty then good. Uh, for the last two seasons they were at a million per episode. Yeah. Not bad. Worth every penny. Worth every. Yeah. Penny. So still bringing in a billion dollars a year uh, easily. So yeah, it's like it's just it, Warner it Brothers print made a money. smart move. Yeah, uh, Matt LeBlanc when he auditioned for the role of Joey, he had eleven dollars to his name. Oh my god! Wow. Um, and the first thing he did was bought a hot dinner. <laughs> oh no! Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> hot meal. <laughs> oh my god! I hope it was pizza. Oh, two Joey pizzas. Special. <laughs> Joey special. Um, I also love that uh, <laughs> the statue of the white dog. Mm-hmm. Love it. Was given to Jennifer Aniston as a good luck present from her best friend before she started acting. Oh, my God. She offered to lend it to the show for the episode where Joey became rich and bought a lot of stuff. And they loved it, so they kept it. <laughs> you mean the episode where – you mean the, the white dog they roll, they in, roll in, in in the greatest episode of the history of the when show? When they get the apartment. Course, yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that iconic moment when they roll in. <laughs> roll in arms yeah. That's amazing. I mean it's amazing. I, I could talk about that episode for hours. <laughs> well, that's also – this. it also incorporates two of your favorite things, friends and game and shows. And game shows. Like it's, oh. And okay. also – And also um, – Winning. <laughs> I love winning. <laughs> Huge, huge narrative swings. Sure, sure, Switching sure. Switching the apartments Seismic. is something yeah. you never see on a yeah. fuck. You never see anything it's so like that. smart, though. It's, why the fuck not? <laughs> yeah, you have like, the fucking, fucking stages. Like, what are you going to yeah. switch them back? But, like, you, the, yeah. uh, the brilliance of that episode to me is you know, you think you know who's going to win because, mm-hmm. because <laughs> no show wants a chicken, the duck still on it. And they're not going <laughs> to. And they're. And they're for those who haven't seen it, basically Ross and Ross and Ross isn't even on the show. Uh, Joey and Joey and Chandler go against Monica and Rachel in a game show about who knows each other more. <laughs> if Ross, sorry, if Joey and Chandler win, they get Monica's apartment. 
if the girls win, the boys have to get rid of the chicken and the duck, which yeah. are their two pets. Any other show would use this whole setup to get rid of these two ridiculous pets. Correct. And you thought you knew where it was going. But they actually kept the pets and they switched the apartments. It was so brilliant. All right, all right. It was cath- it's all really good. It's really good. It's, it's also so funny. It's also really fucking what, funny. Does They're anybody actually- remember Monica's uh, nickname when she was a high school goalie? Fat goalie? Big, Big fat, fat goalie. goalie. <laughs> <laughs> does anyone remember Does anyone remember Rachel's favorite movie? What she tells people her favorite movie is? Uh, Dangerous Liaisons. What's her actual favorite movie? Weekend at Bernie's. Yes! <laughs> I tell you, they just it's fucking great. Something it's about fantastic. that episode just is so right. There's also me. something about, do you know where she lost her pencil? Do you remember that? No. Which the joke was. Uh, in, that, in that episode? That's the episode where he tell says, he sa- where Ross says, where did Monica lose her pencil in high school? And then Chandler whispers something in his ear and he goes, no. That's <laughs> so good her ear it's (laughs) it's still not my favorite uh friend's moment but it's i mean there's there's a moment for that on my list here's a here's a here's a question that you guys will probably be better at certainly than i am i have an answer to it but favorite guest star oh oh i know it's i kind of i sprung this on you so guest star Dude, you have someone in mind? I do. Yeah. It's weird. Mine's pretty weird. It has to do with one of my favorite moments, but okay. I picked out seven, so I'll just get yeah. one out of the way. <laughs> I assumed that, yeah. Um, Phil knows this about me, but I don't retain actor names at all. So while I know this person, I had to look up their name. It's really sad. John Lovitz. <laughs> oh. John Lovitz is great. Who is yeah. Rachel's hideous date. And yes, yes, yes. My fa- so Phoebe sets, Ra- sets Rachel up on this date with her – with like this hideous John Lovitz and the date is just this fucking hilarious. <laughs> and after <laughs> Rachel's on the phone with I think Phoebe being like, what the fuck? Why did you set me up with this guy? And John Lovitz is crying and she says like, oh, like it's OK. Something like consoling and he goes to touch her and she goes, don't touch my coat. <laughs> <laughs> so repulsive and it's just oh. so weird. He can't even it's touch her coat. It's fantastic. I think mine's uh, Adam Goldberg. Oh, Adam Goldberg was great as the, as the creepy weird roommate. Yeah. I don't know who that is. Oh yeah, that's good. That's he was good. like he was psychotic, he was super aggro, he was super aggro. <laughs> yeah. I just I really enjoyed that it. That was good. I I don't really have a good answer. Um, really? Not that not people one, like Reese. Not one that I loved Reese. Not one that's interesting. Mm. You yeah. know, off the top of my head, and he comes up in this episode in uh, in passing. The, the whole Tom Selleck thing. Yes. Yeah. Was yeah. amazing. A moonshot. Yeah, you like yeah. that. That's a really hard story to tell at yeah. any point, and yeah. they did it. So, and it also like brought his career back. Absolutely, brought his career back. People, it was also you know it's funny because reminded people how fucking handsome he is. We did a so. we did a storyline on Station Nineteen where we had a with. Fucking! I wish you all could have seen her. It was, it, it was like Samantha, it was like Samantha and Bewitch. She was yeah. like trying. She was, like, <laughs> she was trying to get you to to like move to on not talk about it. Thing. Uh, where we had a, a guest character come in to start a romance with one of our leads. And it's you run the risk of going one of two ways, which is it doesn't work, and then you're invested in a relationship or the, the character isn't invested. I'm talking Who about Ripley. Talking about? I'm talking oh, about Ripley. Oh, <laughs> Chief Ripley. <laughs> says Chief Ripley. Uh, or it does work too well, and then you're in a Denny Duquette situation mm-hmm. or or a Tom Selleck thing where it's like, we can't fucking sign this person to like be a regular on this show. Like, obviously, Tom Selleck isn't going to become the and on our, you know, on Friends or something. 
but it's really hard because it's it heart it's heartbreaking and people are really bummed that these two characters can't. It's it's, it's the best thing. Yeah. It's it's one of the best things that can happen on TV. Uh, that's why people still talk about Denny Duquette. It's why people still talk about Tom yeah. Selleck. It, oh, you didn't overstay your welcome. But that's just one of those things about TV where it's like you just never really know. Like I'm assuming maybe they did some sort of a you know a chemistry test with him. I don't know, but it just it's worked like gangbusters. It's hard to say if yeah. that's what they wanted. It's you true. know, yeah, but. Well, I don't. I mean, I don't have much more to say about the Tom Selleck thing. He, he probably is my favorite guest star. Um, I mean, you remember, like, he was like Rachel's father's best friend and yeah. her pediatrician. Like, yeah, it gets real creepy. It's that's what I mean. It's like, Rachel's dad's best. friend? Sorry, sorry, Monica's, Monica's dad's, dad's, best, dad's friend. best friend. Yeah, and Monica's pediatrician. <laughs> excuse <Whoa>. me. <laughs> Wait, he was not her pediatrician. He was her pediatrician. He's an eye doctor. Oh, uh, we're gonna I'll look it up. I'm we're gonna sure f- he was. We're gonna this, the rubber beats the road here. <laughs> Maybe he was her ch- her, her pediatric. Who's the real doctor? Friends fan right now? Uh, oh boy. Uh, yeah, he was great. Um, what 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 are we what are we? No, keep going. I'm just okay. looking it up. Uh, he was great. Paul Rudd, great. Oh my god, Paul Rudd's so great. Paul Rudd's great. You know, Giovanni Rubisi's really good. Like, oh, yeah, he's amazing. It's just, it's one of those things where the bench of guest stars. Yeah. And again, like, this is, and we should talk about this a little bit, but like, this is a different time in television. Like, mm-hmm. when you think about how few shows are on the air, how, you know, that pool of talent must be just overflowing. As a casting director, you just, you've just got to be thinking to yourself, like, it's, it's, it's all gravy. Like, every time, Oh, your idea. <laughs> <laughs> there's there's going to be a few more of those. There I might guess. be. You're correct. <laughs> Begrudgingly. Uh, so it, it's just – it's interesting to think about that because, you know, now as we've all been on shows, getting guest stars, getting people to come yeah. on, trying to find people that are that are good or excited to be on your show when there's this – tear effect, if you will, of like shows that are sexy and shows that are worthy of your time. And it's all that. Whereas now you look at this list of, of the guest stars that were on this show and it's just, it's unbelievable. Well, Kenny, I can't believe you haven't brought up the Brad Pitt guest star, which you just said was your favorite Thanksgiving episode. Yeah, that's true. I, 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 he is really good. Yeah. I mean, again, the reason I didn't bring it up is because like, <laughs> it just seems a little obvious. Like the movie stars seem obvious, right? Mm-hmm. Reese, I also like Christina oh, Applegate a lot. She mm-hmm. was great. Brad, Brad Pitt, I remember like oh, Gary Oldman. Remember he was yeah, like yeah. like as a Bruce Willis. Spitting. Bruce Willis, like oh, Bruce Willis is so good. Uh, had a lot of like movie stars yes. who would come and do it, um, and Tom Selleck, who like really isn't even a cameo. Yeah, uh, who's a real recurring like. Those I, I think like the John Lovitz one is such a great answer. Yeah, thank you. It is. It's a great answer. <laughs> yeah, Adam really Goldberg was funny. pretty good too. Adam Goldberg was a decent answer as well. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's an excellent answer too. But the, yeah. it's like it's different from Seinfeld. And like to me, and this is not a knock on Friends, but Friends rarely gave an episode over to a co-star, over mm-hmm. to a cameo, mm-hmm. the way Seinfeld would give episodes over to these, you know, mm-hmm. random people mm-hmm. who would come, and that's fine. I think that's really funny, but you know, the the Friends were kind of like an endless well of material, all of them. Yeah, it's 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 not that the Seinfeld people weren't obviously, but you know, it's it's pretty crazy. Um, so I want to talk a little bit just about where we are in Friends as mm-hmm. a phenomenon in '99. So the show is un, you know, unprecedented success. They're doing 24 or 25 episodes of the show every season, which is just bonkers. Um, it is 
when you when you look at the ratings for the show at its peak, and it's a little unfair to to highlight this episode just because of the nature of it being a post Super Bowl episode, but just to give context of how unbelievably successful the show was, fifty two point nine million people watched that episode of Friends. <clears throat> That was a super guest star heavy episode, right? Correct. And then the Super Bowl episode, yes. the post Super Bowl. So like it was, which again, is sort of an unfair metric, Still but just though. to see it at its, at its absolute apex, mm-hmm. it's got a 52.9 million people. It's got a 30 share. So like 30% of America was 30% watching of TVs, of TVs that were on this thing. It's a, it's an unbelievable thing. Now, in terms of in general, it hovered basically around your mid to high 20s, 20 million every week live watching this thing. I mean, this is obviously, you know, no streaming, no DVR. There are VCRs, so there are people recording it perhaps, but for the most part, this is live television. What's also crazy is that the show was ranked in terms of its Nielsen ratings, uh, number one in season eight. That was the only season it was the number one wow. television show, and that's in 2001. <laughs> Which is interesting. It's it's ranked eighth and then third and then fourth and fourth and second and fifth and fifth and then first and then second and fourth. Those are so in that those time are averages. Period, if I remember correctly, yeah. we, those were a lot of Seinfelds were number one. Yes, ER was number one. Frasier, then Frasier yeah. was not number one. But Frasier was a big show though. Yes, but it was number number one for the year in, in ratings. Yeah. but it was Seinfeld. Seinfeld. And then uh, there was like a sixty minutes in there one year. Yeah, but uh, those are kind of yeah, those are like kind of those supernova shows. I yeah. don't think that. Did Friends win Best Series once? I don't actually think it ever won. She won late in the run. Jennifer Aniston won. Because they did a weird thing. Do you yeah. remember what they used? So for years and years and years, they would submit all of them as supporting characters. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. And then, and I think they someone won here or there, right? Lisa Kudrow won a couple. Yeah. Times, yeah. So someone won here or there. I'm going to look that up. And then in the end, they allowed them to submit themselves wherever they wanted. Yeah. And I think they all started submitting themselves in Best Actor and Best Actress. And the first year that she was submitted in Best Actress, she won. Wow. That's pretty crazy. I'm looking – I'm just looking at them right now just to sort of the, – the general sort of what they won, what they were nominated for. Um, 96, they win directing in a comedy series. Phoebe wins. Lisa Kudrow wins. Uh, in 2002, it wins outstanding comedy series. So, so it does. So it won once, and that's when Jennifer Aniston won Best Actress. And pretty late series. to its run as well. Very late into its run. That is that's 2002. That's season nine. But never in a million insane. fucking years happened these days. Never. But that's what used to happen. Yeah, it was. It's. I mean, this is sort of part and parcel of kind of what I mean in sense of that that a show like this could only exist in this time. Like, I don't think you could make a Friends today. I guess is what I'm getting at. Like, Modern Family is the closest yeah, thing. Yeah. And even then, that was sort of a different animal. And even I'm not sure that if today Modern Family comes out, I don't know if it can do the run that it did. It came out, you know, ten years ten ago. Ten years ago. It's it's just it's I don't know. It's hard to it's say. It's hard to say. It's, the whole thing is hard to say. But, you know, obviously Modern Family – like Modern Family is a really good and funny show. Yes. Um, it also is not a particularly innovative show. No. It, <laughs> it drives me nuts a little bit. Like it's, <laughs> it, steals, it steals the office's um, – it steals the office's format without the office's reason for being. Yeah. 100%. Does you it know? ever explain? Did it ever explain it? No. I didn't stick with the show, You've so read, I don't know. No, the, actually, I don't know if it ever actually does. I know the office like explicitly does by mm-hmm. the end. Like, yes. Like the filmmakers yes. become part of the show. Yes. But you know, there I've read enough about Modern Family. It was supposed to be explained. 
Like it was supposed to be some like Norwegian oh, really? or some some Scandinavian okay. documentary about American family. Okay. And I think the documentarian was like an adopted brother of the family or something like that. Okay. Um, and they were going to make that part of it and they just never did it. And like kind of to their credit, they didn't need to obviously. Do you like, think they do it in the end though? I mean they're wrapping it up next no, year. No, I don't think they'll do it. Okay. I think because The Office did it and I don't I, I don't think they'll do it. I okay. think they're just going to continue to just just say this is a new way you could do television. It's it's no more ridiculous than, you know, a multicam setup. <laughs> How do you guys feel about the notion of some sort of a reunion? It's the best idea ever. Really? Is that is that even in question? Just moving it closer to you. So. Okay. What would the reunion look like in your opinion? Yeah, I'm curious. I don't know. Ooh, ooh, I feel very unspotted. <laughs> is it like a multi-camera reunion or is it like what like what could I know, that, I what, know conceptually what form could yeah. this reunion t- I'm not saying that right. there's a wrong answer, right answer. Like the obvious answer is like, you know, get together and do another friends episode yeah. or another friends season, but uh there I, might be other ways to do it. Well, that's to to your point. My brain goes to what they did on Curb the for best. Seinfeld. The best. Like that's – and I don't know if you watch yeah. Curb or know Seinfeld and you should speak to this because I don't know Curb or Seinfeld as well as you do. But the concept of it was they were doing a reunion within it. Is that what it was? They were going to have Larry do a reunion episode. Right. Write a reunion episode for mm-hmm. Seinfeld. Right. So they did. They got the Seinfeld – I mean they, right. didn't, they didn't air the Seinfeld episode. But right. they got the Seinfeld cast, cast. back together. On Curb. And right. they showed enough scenes. They may have showed like three or four scenes that yeah. were so funny. <laughs> like just yeah. so Seinfeldy. And you want to know what? It was like that's all I needed. Yeah. An um, acknowledgement of what they did, the strengths and weaknesses of how the show ended, and a way to kind of assuage your desire for more. It, it was enough to know that this is that they still got it. It's still funny. <laughs> and it's never going to like yeah. go to that yeah. Will and Grace place. Yeah. Where these episodes are just not going to yeah. exist and you know, when people are talking about Will and Grace in 20 years, they won't acknowledge that this happened. But that's kind of – that's why there's a part of me and I don't know how you feel about this because – and I want to hear your thoughts as, as, as a real you – know, as, as a much bigger Friends fan than I am. But I don't feel like Friends is the type of show that's self-aware enough to be able to kind of deconstruct itself in a way. Like Will and Grace is doing – what I guess you do in those circumstances if you want to do more episodes. It's it's lazy, but mm-hmm. like that's what you do because that's what's expected of a show of that ilk. If I'd love to see them deconstruct friends and do something meta with it, but they don't they're gonna do that, right? Well it's like Or the, do you just want to see them today just hanging out? I don't think I do because <laughs> Like yeah. I, I don't want to see Monica and Chandler's like however old children and the, like the house that they bought and like yeah. where Joey grows old in their garage. Like <laughs> it, it's a little weird. But it's, what nine hundred two one zero is doing, I would be interested in doing. Although it would be a ripoff where they all play themselves, like thinking about the idea of reviving the show. It's like that I would. That's watch. what I mean when I say like a sort of meta textual kind of deconstruction of it, which is clever. But again, not where my brain goes for 90210, yeah. which is not to say that it won't work, but maybe that's the way to do Friends. Well, 90210 already did the or they already yeah. did the, like the kind of classic reboot where yeah. the you know, the kids are now adults. Oh yeah. yeah. So, this is fun. I look forward to I hope it's good the conversation around the Makarawa I'm not going to watch one episode, but people will talk about it. I just I, – I guess it's – it's there's a part of me that's like all of the cast of Friends right now is in a place in their careers, probably maybe Jennifer Aniston excluded from that, where they're all pretty available. <laughs> like they could all do it. And I guess I just don't necessarily know that I need it. 
But I'll also ask, as diehard Friends fans, how do you feel the show ended? Are you happy with the way that it ended? <laughs> that is the most pregnant of pauses that's ever been on this podcast. That's a big question. I was satisfied by all of the keys being left, like that visual. Uh-huh. Um, and I haven't watched that episode in a long time. But mm-hmm. I think I watched it once or maybe twice. Yeah. But I watched it in my dorm room at NYU live. Uh-huh. And my boyfriend at the time, who is my dear husband now, interrupted. That's and so I nice. reamed his ass in the hallway. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember why. Um, it was. It's the kind of show where you feel like the party's always going. So, like, just the act of seeing it end no matter what. And, mm-hmm. like, they move out and they go to suburbia, which, like, completely broke yeah. my heart and breaks all of the rules. Like, I don't know. Is it, there's a little bit of the you can never go home again in terms of why we shouldn't do more of them. But yeah. I watched the last episode again, or at least the last scene. Um, I do love Joey's line of, was it always purple? The walls. <laughs> That's great. That's great. <laughs> Which is great. Um, and and so it's yeah, also, it if you, like, I did a bunch of reading about it and how Jennifer Aniston literally, like, couldn't look at anyone. So if you watch the scene, she's, like, hiding her face because she's just Aww. bawling, basically. Like, it's 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 a really beautiful thing. And it feels fitting, the final shot being the frame around the, the mm-hmm. eye hole. Like, it's, it's, it feels fine. But I guess, how do you end that show? You don't. Here's my point about Friends. Forever. You just keep going. <laughs> if we're, I don't know if we really even need to talk about the episode we're doing. But we'll, one, we'll thing that, bit. one thing that came clear to me, kind of looking at this episode through a more analytical lens than I normally do, um, is Friends is deeply uncool. Yeah. yeah. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Yeah. I think that's actually like it's secret sauce. Yep. Um it's like the characters aren't uncool, huh? But the show is uncool. Yeah. The the needle drops are super uncool, the way it's shot is uncool. Yeah. A lot of things are on the, the nose. Are super the uncool. Clothes are uncool. <laughs> there um, are some fantastic clothes. Okay. On the women sometimes. Chandler the wears the same is the worst. Bad bad men's always clothing. wearing a bowling shirt. It feels yeah. like he's always wearing a two-tone Not a bowler. <laughs> Not a bowler. <laughs> that I know of. The 90s yeah. were bad. Yeah. Um but yeah. so yeah, so it's so uncool. Now, this to me kind of works in its favor because when you get to the end of this show, there was no there is no urgency to end in a cool way, hmm. like The Sopranos ended, you know, or Seinfeld for that matter. Yeah. I'm not saying Seinfeld, Sopranos or Seinfeld are good endings, though I think they're both fantastic endings. There was a, there was a, a urgency of both those shows to end in kind of a cool revolutionary way because they were cool revolutionary they shows. Broke new ground. Yeah, Friends was quietly revolutionary, and it was more revolutionary in really more than anything finding six beautiful people who had the chemistry mm-hmm. and the comic chops that they had. Uh, really fucked up TV for a long time. These are like six unicorns. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. They're they like, chased this dragon for they're years. Like, truly, they're like these six unicorns who they, their chemistry is undeniable. Undeniable, and you can't you can't replicate it. But and as far as like the, the making of the show, it's very down the middle. It's very A story, B story, C story. Um, and all you had to do was wrap it up the way you wrap up a TV show. So you know you like. Ross and Rachel get together. That's great. Monica and Chandler move to the suburbs. That's great. Joey okay. sets up his spinoff. That's great. These are all like kind of the obvious moves. Now, I would contra- I would contrast this with a show that I also think is really good, which is kind of the spiritual heir to this, which is How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. 
How about your mother's probably the last multicam that had any kind of like cred in the mm. industry? Sure. As far as I can tell. Yeah. Um, and birthed a cast that went on to have pretty significant careers for the most part. We're, like, I don't know if I would say it's the same because like the two or the three, three of the four that are still going, no offense to Ratner, three or four that are still going were going before. Okay, right. we're Steve careers Will that existed. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. and MPH all had careers going into That's that. That's fair. And Colby Smolders. Now she's she's something. Else. something yeah, yeah, she's definitely going. But uh, How I Met Your Mother fell into this weird place. I think where, uh, again, not a particularly cool setup. The jokes weren't particularly cool. The characters weren't particularly cool. There was some real on the nose stuff, but there was enough innovation in what they were doing and the way they were doing it. And the way, and like the, way the, they were the doing conceit it. of that show of the whole is really pretty brilliant. It is that I think they felt this this strong impetus to end on a real loud note. Hmm. Now I gotta say, I always love the end of How I Met Your Mother. I will ride for it every day. Not just that I have friends who wrote on it. Like yeah. I think that it was a brilliant swing. Everyone else in the world fucking hates. Yeah, they fucking hate it. Hates. I also want to say something that's interesting too, and I'm curious about your thoughts on it. In terms of Friends, also did something that up until that point I couldn't really pinpoint, which was it was a show about twenty somethings. It was about sort of quarter life crisis. It was about sort of the post collegiate years before you figure out what you want to do with your life. And How I Met Your Mother is similar in that regard. And you do see have the desperation of shows that came after it, though. Right. But that's sort of – there's this – you know what I mean? Like it, it hits some sort of a vein of of how we all wished our 20s were. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was I was younger. So I feel like in a way – What you wanted your 20s like to be. Like what I wanted yeah. my 20s yeah, to be. Yeah. And like I moved to New York. I went to NYU. Like yeah. and it, it taught you like that you could build a family out of your friends. Yes. Right. Which I want was my the dream. group of friends, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want my core group of friends. I go to their house every day. Yeah. It really was a lovely – it, it was a lovely fantasy family. Real, I don't know. I felt like I left it. Like I had it to some to some extent after college, and I moved here yeah. and kind of just like lost it. Sucked. <laughs> I mean, I, I th- start hanging out with you. <laughs> so Kenny and I were just uh, T went to P. So we we decided to we chatted a little bit, and I wanted to sort of say what we were talking about a little, which is how easy this show is to watch, and that it really does feel like. It's it's such an oversimplification, but it also is very apt, which is they feel like your friends. Mm-hmm. You feel like you're hanging out with your friends, and it's why it's like a warm blanket show. It's a show where it's not a surprise to me that an entire new generation has got hooked on Friends and watched all 236 episodes of this thing. It's it is it it goes down so easy mm-hmm. because it just feels it it also I do think it stems on the twenty something thing too, which is there are stakes. But they're not insane stakes. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't feel like the stakes of Modern Family, for instance, where it's like parental stuff or like seismic sort of things. It's like their stuff can feel just stakesy enough but not crazy. Modern Family is pretty low stakes too. Right. Because the family's never really in danger of breaking up. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah. So like I think you're hitting on something that I never really thought about. Like I've thought about how most of the comedies I like – yeah. are generally about a group of people who love each other. Now, one that kind of breaks that mold to me is The Office. But The Office is like kind of its own gonzo thing. Yeah. Um, and, and they I, love each other. They, they, just, I think yeah. they love grow each to other. love each yeah. other. But like the engine of that show is like 
dealing with yeah. a ludicrous boss. <laughs> yes. Um, but for the most part, like community, they grow to love each like they it's basically about a family and yeah. even Thirty Rock is about a family. This show's yeah. about a family, Cheers is about a family. Um Big Bang, which I don't really watch, is about a family. How many brothers about a family? I think that it's really important in comedies to have characters who love each other. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then the other thing you're saying, I don't remember. What was well, just in terms of the twenty something and stakes and oh, and stakes. It doesn't always have to be so fucking yeah high stakes. Like I really kind of wanted to like that show, Shrill. Yeah, and it was close, but it's, I haven't seen it. It's so high stakes, like at every turn. That uh, it's I, I think what happens is the bar it sets for itself is so hard. Yes. To over to to overcome, mm-hmm. um, and it does wind up being a little unfulfilling. I so agree with that. I think that's kind of true for girls too, to some extent, which I'm fucking crazy about. But Love girls. The bar is so high for that show too. Hmm. So um, I'm going to give a synopsis of this episode. Ooh, okay. Uh, so let's dive into this episode. Um, at this point, uh, the gang go to Las Vegas to visit Joey, who is falsely claiming that he's working on a movie. Chandler is angry when he finds out Monica had lunch with Richard. Mm-hmm. Ross and Rachel try to embarrass each other after an awkward encounter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one in Vegas originally aired on May 20th, 1999, uh, and garnered 25.9 million viewers. You know, no big deal. Yeah. Did it air on the same night, both parts? They aired both they parts, which does bring up a question. And I was talking to my roommate about this as I was watching it um, because you – I really wish that there was no end credits. Like I just wish that it just was one yeah. episode because the the credits happen at a super weird place. They happen with Chandler seeing Monica uh, – oh, Talking to that guy? Gambling. Gambling. Gambling and, like, gambling and having fun. Yeah. And like the, it's like a false stakes put into that. And then it goes to the credits, and then you have them. You have Ross and Rachel walking off the plane, and him having drawn the mustache on her face, which works. It shouldn't work, but it works. Yeah. Uh, and you're just like, wait, what? Like, just pull the credits. Out. Like, just. But I guess for syndication purposes, mm-hmm. they didn't want yeah. an hour episode that they like. What the fuck do we do with this thing? You're right. And you're just like, Ugh. it's it's just again a symptom of like a different time. They Whereas, didn't expect Netflix. They didn't expect Netflix. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's interesting. Uh, this episode did obviously very very well. Um, I I found a review in a, some random UK magazine that I think aptly kind of taps into the good and the bad of this episode. They said poor Matt LeBlanc was lumbered with a whole host of groan-worthy subplots as his character steadily got dumb and dumber throughout the show's <laughs> ten seasons. But the idea that even the, but the idea that even someone as dense as Joey would believe that a a hand twin is even a thing and b <laughs> it would be his path to fame and fortune is lazy characterization. It's the kind of cheap writing that Friends would rely too heavily upon during its later seasons, heightening the personality traits that initially made the gang so endearing to such an extent that they no longer resembled normal human beings. <laughs> Oh my like, God. like the majority of Friends episodes, the one in Vegas had plenty of rewatch value and contains a couple of moments which sit among the show's best. But it also gives ammunition to those who argue it's sometimes skirted just a little too close to the lowest common denominator. And I think there's something to be said for – and I don't know. I'm sure that there's someone who can pinpoint the moment, the fork in the road where Friends just basically became a thing that was just going to keep making money and they were just going to do their thing. And not care so much. Um, I don't know if this is it because I remember this ending. It's, this show is still very much in the zeitgeist at this point. For sure. You know, I think that – and I, I I, wouldn't 
necessarily put the end of this in my top five. It's not in my top five favorite moments, but, but there's something great about hello, Mrs. Ross. Hello, Hello, Mr. Mr. Rachel. Rachel. And then (laughs) opposite directions. Once they drunkenly burst out of the, and you can hear the ADR of David Schwimmer being like, like he's like almost about to throw up. And it's like, that was brilliant. It's great. It's great. It's great. And them throwing like the, the confetti up. Like it's just, it's just rice. A rice. It looks like rice. It looks like rice. Uh, it, it's to your point earlier, Kenny. It does feel like it's forty-two minutes of build-up towards a great cliffhanger that they yeah. wanted, and then they unring the bell real fast at the top of season six. Anyway, like they get it annulled, and it's like it's. But Ross not getting it annulled and lying about that it is like cre- one of the creepiest, like funniest things. Yeah, like when he, he one turns of the to Phoebe, it's the rossiest. <laughs> yeah. Like overwhelmingly, when I rewatch the show, I'm like, Ross is super creepy and the worst. So why and- are you saying I'm like Ross, you motherfuckers? Because uh, maybe the uh, hair. All right, Phil. <laughs> this, it's an intervention. Time to do the intervention. No, all right. Anyway, I think him not annulling it is funny at first because Rachel just being like. You know what? You're right. I'm just gonna stay married to you. Like she's like like, like that's a, a possibility. It also that argument reminds me a little bit of the break argument. Yeah, the break is that scene. That's like most of the episode of them in the living room and everybody else trapped in the bedroom mm-hmm. is oh, one of the best episode. episodes. Such a good episode. because that's that, a, that's a writer's episode. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, that's a tremendous episode because that high wire act of like we're breaking up your character, the love story that everybody is invested in, but in a funny way, yeah, and also in a poignant way. I mean, is great. Uh, there's that that scene where where basically he tells her that he was trying to do everything he could to keep it from her. And she's like. I'm falling in love with you all over again. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it's just great. She's my favorite. She's the best. She's the best. I agree. We agree. <laughs> the best character, the 100%. best portrayal. There's a reason why she became the breakout. You think so? Yes. She's Jennifer Aniston. I mean, she I, don't, is, I don't know how else to put it. Like she's Jennifer Aniston. She's singular. She's great. I think Courtney Cox is cool as shit too. Yeah. And I think Lisa Kudrow is like Makes sense kind of the the level she's found and the guys are, you know, yeah. whatever they are. Jenna Aniston's like just just such a singular star in America for me. It's lightning in a bottle. It's like yeah. there there's a reason why, you know, I get that Angelina Jolie stole her husband. But there's I do not. I don't mean that. I just mean like there's like I get that that happened. Uh-huh. But there's a reason why like there was Team Angelina and Team huh. Jen. Yeah, she because had a team. she is that she's that kind of like supernova power like she can actually go to toe go toe to toe in the public sphere with like this alien of beauty mm-hmm. you know and seduction which is what like angelina jolie is like an alien of beauty and seduction and sophistication and intelligence like she's like impossible she's also scary there's that, something that scary too, there's something too. dangerous about it and jennifer jolie. anderson is more than just the girl next door for sure. She's I'm like, not dogging she's Jennifer Aniston. Everything. I don't know how else to put it. <laughs> I, I 100% agree with you. Phil might know this, but Jennifer mm. Aniston and Brad Pitt got married on my birthday, July nice. 29th, 2000. And I was obsessed with them, which is part of why I can't watch that Brad Pitt Thanksgiving episode because oh. it breaks my heart because it's it, they're so adorable. And then they break up. She's the catalyst of the show. When you really think – like the way she comes into the pilot, she – Really, kind of puts the whole show in motion for all intents and purposes. Yeah, her character. Yeah. Well, she's she's the she's the new person in the group. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, they do something with her too that like I don't know if I've ever seen on TV. She manages to be like her her social and emotional IQ is so high, but her actual IQ is not high. Yes, yes. yes. So like, how do you have someone <laughs> yes. who who is like socially like 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 just destroys everybody like like this this thing she did with Ross? Like she's the upper hand the entire time. Mm-hmm. Right in their entire relationship, she's the upper end the entire time because she's high status, yeah. mm-hmm. but she's not smart. Like I don't know how you do that. How is she not smart? Her favorite movies, we can. Yeah, I was just gonna say like that. <laughs> that is the perfect <laughs> kind of distillation of her. I don't mean that like she's I, she is smart. Like, it, but it's like she's not. What was the word? Transpon. She's a transponster. Transponster. It's it's transponster. it's a it's kind of a hard needle to thread. Like we know people like this in real life. Who yeah. uh, are conversationally smart and witty and get like all the social cues and like also probably didn't do particularly well in their SATs, mm-hmm. you know. Whereas like I, I like I, I can't even fathom pitching that character, and she and she nails it. She's I do super think- aspirational too. Like she goes from unemployed to like a coffee shop waitress all the way to wherever she ends up being like a buyer for yeah. Yeah. Bloomingdale's or Ralph Lauren in the end. I forget which one was last. Uh, I think it was Ralph Lauren, well, right? Whatever. She's but, yeah. this huge career yeah. and like the desk and the assistant and like she gets where she wanted to go. Mm-hmm. There's a little bit of like, yes, this idea of someone who recognizes – I mean that's the impetus of the pilot for her character, which is I don't want to marry this person mm-hmm. and I don't I don't want to become a, a cliché. And and that idea of her recognizing that and becoming a, a waitress and doing those things, that self-reflection, that ability to see yourself – and also be embarrassed of some of the things that you don't know is a humility you don't generally see in characters like this, which I think sort of like on some level you could see it being pitched as like the somewhat ditzy hot girl to mm-hmm. a certain degree. That's kind of I mean? what I think she was. And I, I think that there's something that, that Aniston brings to it that makes it elevated. It would have been almost unwatchable in anybody else's hands. <laughs> Think about it. Think the show about, doesn't work without. I, I mean, even actresses I like, like take the two actresses who played her sisters, right? Mm-hmm. Take Reese and take Christina yeah. Christina Applegate. Yeah, it would have been unwatchable with either one of them. It would have been just different. I don't mean watchable. <laughs> Your love for for Rachel Green is is I just palpable. I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm un, maybe I'm not giving Kauf, uh, Kaufman and Crane Crainham. enough credit yeah. because. Maybe they would have d- directed whoever was in that role to play it this yeah. way. Yeah. But um. But these are such, these are such strong, distinct decisions she's yeah. making with everything she's doing that it's hard for me to believe that anybody else would have made the same decisions and they wouldn't have just played it like you said, like not a ditzy hot girl, but yeah. just a like a, like a high status country club girl yeah, yeah, yeah. who is who is slumming. Mm-hmm. With these city, mm-hmm. with these like kind of never city feels dorks. that way. With with it never no, feels. No, she's a city dork I at think heart. There's also something, and and it's sort of the maybe the X factor that we're not necessarily talking about because it's hard to say what he brought to it. But James Burroughs, who's obviously one of the greatest, he's a legend. He's a legend when it comes to directing multicam. Um, you know, he to see sort of. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. 
wherever you are. Tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. My guess is obviously tremendous casting to get all these people together, but he's also making sure that they all have moments to shine and pop in their own way. So they all don't feel like six pretty hot white people. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like it needs to, it needs to, they all need to feel distinct in their own way and they all have their own delivery and they all have their own. And, and some of them, it takes some time. I think it actually took Courtney Cox a little bit of time to find Monica's rhythm. I'm not entirely convinced that she from the jump is totally there. She's a little bit too like, stuck up or not like just high strung Mm -hmm. and then they find ways to to open her up she's a very specific character as well yeah and i love her and i think she's awesome but she's a little more obvious than yeah than rachel but it's all that being said i think james burroughs is obviously a titan of industry he you know is able to carve out these tremendous pilots and i think that there's i think he he gets a lot of credit i think he they give him a lot of credit i'm sure they do i'm sure they do um so in terms of the plot mechanics of this we'll breeze through this because we pretty much hit all all the various things i just want to make one more point yeah the the writers of friends are like a like a murderer's row of people right now but one person in particular who wrote the second episode of scott silveri Mm -hmm. who just wrote who just created three seasons of Speechless. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of these people have gone on to create some of Huge our, your favorite shows. So Huge that's pretty cool too. Lots of – I mean it is it is funny to watch Friends and see the names that pop up at like co-producer. And, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. You're Same just like, wow, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um, but the episode basically – it follows the one with Joey's Big Break, which was the previous episode where Joey's in Las Vegas working at Caesar's Palace as a costumed atmosphere character. He's dressed up like a Trojan warrior. Um, Chandler, who fought with Joey right before the departure, basically saying like that this might not be your big break. Joey doesn't want to deal with the fact that like he was right. Um, <clears throat> Chandler decides to fly out and visit Joey in person. So Monica buys two tickets. It's her and Chandler's one year anniversary. They can call it their plane anniversary. Do we have to? <laughs> uh, <laughs> was there an Anavada anniversary in there? Too? <laughs> there was something else in yeah. that he just did, It was just amazing. Uh, Chandler's tie is hideous in that scene. Yeah. I don't know. It was just terrible. Fucking tie. I said that too. It's a terrible tie. Who's doing that? I don't. It was ninety. What's ninety nine? This is what's it doing that? Uh, Phoebe buys uh, buys in because the last time there was a big trip, everyone ditched her. Um, but of course, she was pregnant with triplets at the time, so they didn't really ditch her. But that's when they went to London. So the whole it's weird because Phoebe's got two storylines that kind of. St- they kind of merge into each other where uh-huh. Phoebe wants to prove that this trip's better than the London trip. So she keeps doing things to try to make this thing seem better, which that I was on board with. And then it, it turns into the lurker thing. And I don't know what they, they drop that. It pretty just quickly. goes away. Yeah. yeah. I, it, they drop it after she blurts out about the whole Richard thing. I think that's when she realizes that she might've yeah. fucked this trip up. <laughs> but, um, London one. <laughs> um, but Ross and Rachel show up at the apartment wearing, matching sweaters that also match the walls. It's It literally looks as though they're just bleeding into the walls. They're wearing these muted purple sweaters. I know it's not intentional, but it's I fucking weird. Uh, finally, Russ and Rachel get involved. They basically 
decide that they're going to go as well mm-hmm. to Vegas, but they can't go because Ross has something. They can't go with She's everybody at the time. Presentation. He's a, presentation he is a thing. Tickets to something. Uh, so though Monica's definitely in love with Chandler, she recently met up with Richard in the previous episode, I believe, for lunch. They bump into each other and you're like, okay. And then yeah. she's like, so we decided to sit down and have lunch. Yeah. Like, no. Weird, right? Well, yes. Uh, no? Eh, I don't know, is it? You just love Richard. No, I love – I mean I would have <laughs> I would have lunch with him, of course. But like it's a good conflict. It just is. It's a good yeah. conflict. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a tough spot to yeah, be in. Yeah. If you bumped into – if you had a current girlfriend and you bumped into an ex-girlfriend and she's like, you want to get coffee? I don't know. And you don't have anything to do hypothetically. You're going to be like, well, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm with this new girl and she doesn't – she's, you know. True. She's True. Mike Pence's good wife point, and point. she doesn't allow me to – like it's just – it's a <laughs> – I understand both sides of this very clearly. It's a good conflict. And the bigger problem is that she didn't tell Chandler course correct you know it's those two things combined yeah i'm gonna have a lunch and i'm not gonna tell him so it's a little weird it's the keeping it from her him that 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 is the so either way phoebe spills the beans on the flight over Mm -hmm. which she basically sits down and she's like oh thank god you told him about the richard thing yeah which is said so perfectly and offhand just she throws it away and it's fantastic great when you have a character who can deliver exposition like Mm -hmm. that yeah which she can which she can um then it obviously cultivates uh, culminates in a in a big Fight between the two of them. Happy anniversary. Uh, Rachel takes advantage of the empty apartment to act on Phoebe's suggestion to walk around (laughs) nude. Weird. What's even weirder is that Ross thinks this is an invitation. So this is some old-fashioned. Very old-fashioned. This this is a very multi-cammy 90s thing. The the, the basic assumption was that men are always trying to get some yeah, and women are never trying to give some. Never. Never. And so that's basically the entire – Battle of wits. It's always like men are are do it anytime, anywhere. They'll they'll, they'll walk up to your apartment, you know, pants half off. Uh And it doesn't matter what the woman thinks of the man, if she's into him or not, never would she ever sleep with a guy. Yeah. So that was what happened in this episode. It's so weird. And then she, when he comes over and asks for the physical act of love. Yes, the physical act of love. Which <laughs> is incredible. She like pees her pants laughing at the thought of it. And yeah. I'm like, this is a person you've slept with. Like, times. Why yeah. is it so funny? But it's, it's, it's classic. It's also an act out. The act out is she opens the door and he's like, hello. <laughs> it's pretty <funny>. commercial break. <laughs> the way he's standing. <laughs> Schwimmer's good too. Yeah, yeah I'm not. Give the kidding. guys do. Like yeah. he deserves his his due. Uh, I will say this, and this is the the high wire act for the Ross character for me personally, which when is you played him. Shut up. Uh, <laughs> I have a love hate relationship with Ross when he acts arrogant, hmm. because there's something really unlikable about it. The flip side to it is that it almost immediately turns and it becomes him being a loser. Which he's very good at. Mm-hmm. So the yin and yang of it is fine, but when he's arrogant, I don't like him. Don't like it. All right. I don't know. So it starts in that way and then it becomes funny to me, but I don't know. I just didn't love it at first for what that's worth. Either way, it leads to an awkward conversation. There's frostiness on the plane and then they decide that they're going to start this game of trying to embarrass each other. Mm-hmm. Is David Schwimmer <laughs> an attractive man? No. Again, thanks, guys, for continuing <laughs> to say that I'm like Ross. <laughs> oh, my God. 
know how to respond to that. It's just the hair. Yeah. Oh God. Anyway, so you're way you're way more Josh <laughs> Radner than you ever were Ross. I'm not sure that that's all that much better. Uh, but uh, well, you know. Um, David Schwimmer is masquerading as an attractive man because Rachel Green loves him. I think so too. Like he's filling a place in your heart where you're like, oh, okay, I'm supposed to be attracted to this guy. But that's that's the power of Rachel Green, correct? Less the strength of Ross Geller. Did you watch? <laughs> did you? Are you familiar with Seinfeld? Like vaguely. Do you know? Did you watch enough Seinfeld? I mean, I watched all of when them. George dated Manhands or didn't date Manhands. Jerry J dated Manhands. I don't. I don't remember that. Jerry dated a woman who was a model. And she had masculine hands. So they called Loosely. her man hands. Uh-huh. Um, when uh, they broke up, George carried a picture of her in his wallet and showed it to women and said that his fiance died. Uh-huh. So to get other women yes, yes, to yes, think yes, that he's yes. already been allowed in the hot women club. Right. <laughs> That's what happened with, oh with Ross. Oh, my God. <laughs> right? That's amazing. Yeah. A uh, yeah. woman club? Yes. Yeah. No, that's fair. And then someone finally called him out. She, is that a picture from a magazine? Did you cut that out of a magazine? But um, <laughs> this is great. It's, I mean, uh, these two shows these two shows back to back, like they were for a little bit and then – Crazy. And then Friends started anchoring the 8 o'clock hour and Seinfeld was 9 and the hour was 10. It was like – it was the highlight of all of our lives. It was. Must see TV. I mean, it, it was. amazing. It's, it is – it's – I mean you've read the Top of the Rock, the book no. that you should check it out. It's uh, – Believe it's Warren Littlefield's book. If I'm not mistaken, I only read stuff about movies. Okay. <laughs> anyway, there's a great book called Top of the Rock, which is when because I have Little- a podcast exclusively. Oh well, basically, he was uh, <laughs> running NBC at the time, and it's just it's it's an oral history of all of these shows at the peak of their powers, and it's truly amazing. Anyway, uh, just plugging a book. Uh, <laughs> uh, Phoebe and Monica meet at the bar. Uh, I do love that Monica's upset about the anniversary thing and Phoebe mm-hmm. just says, it's just Chandler. It's just Chandler. <laughs> there are so many Chandler yeah. knocks it's throughout the series in relation to Monica dating him. It's amazing. <laughs> that also, by the way, the Monica-Chandler relationship working mm-hmm. is the reason this show runs for 10 years. Yeah. Because you can't live on Ross and Rachel alone. So the fact that Chandler and Monica worked and that they had a very funny, weird energy and also a maturity about them like that they were both growing up as they were yeah. dating mm-hmm. really gave the show life. They were the, they're, yeah, they're, they, it was perfect. And I was so happy for them. Um, <laughs> for, wait, the writers the or for, for, okay, for Monica? Okay. Uh, I, I, I'm, I'm now kind of honing in on some similarities between Ross and Rachel and Chandler and Monica. And both of them feel like uh, the story of two guys who are really insecure um, who are dating women out of their leagues. Mm-hmm. Uh, you never hear Monica get made fun of. You never hear like like Joey would never be like, hey, you're just dating Monica. Like never. You, you never you never hear yeah. like go someone go to Ross and be like, it's just Rachel who gives a shit. It's guys like, punching out of their weight class a little bit. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And there's something kind of there's something a little fat husbandy about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? <laughs> Big fat goalie? Big fat goalie? You, you know what I mean by fat husbandy? All right, so <laughs> Yourself? How every sitcom from the 90s that wasn't this mm-hmm. or Seinfeld was basically some fat comic like, like Kevin Queens. James mm-hmm. dating some hot lady like Leah Remini right. or, sure. you know, Jim Belushi with Courtney Thorne Smith enough. or yeah. Mark Addy with uh, – I can do this. Mark Addy was was with um, – I don't know who Mark Addy is. Uh, he's the guy from Full Monty. The big, oh. The big fella. Yes. And he had a sitcom and he was dating – I cannot I don't remember. I can't do this. Um, do you want me to look it up for you? I know who it is. Okay. Oh, fuck. This is embarrassing. <laughs> is it? 
Twister. She was in Twister. Helen not Helen Hunt? Hunt, the other woman. There's another Oh, uh, Jimmy Gertz? Jimmy Gertz. There you go. Uh, he's married to Jimmy Gertz. How about Jimmy Paul Reiser? Paul Reiser, Helen Hunt is another example. All yeah. these guys, all these shows about punching out, you know, punching above their weight class. True. And Friends kind of did it too, even though these guys are handsome ish. Mm-hmm. Ish. Uh, <laughs> ish. They're handsome. There's, there is some, there is this little weird masculine. Wish fulfillment quality to all of this that I never realized. There definitely is that. Like yeah. you can hang out with your friends and all your female friends are going to be these, you know, a, beautiful women. Yeah. It's a little Apatoian. Yeah. It's yeah. a little bit of the, of the, the nebbishy guy who is gets the really hot girl. bad? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, <laughs> get no. Get up, get up, get up, get up. Um, well, I would, uh, T, I'm interested uh, yeah. in your perspective on that. Like how do you, like how do you feel about kind of what I'm saying? Well, it's but are, do you find Matthew Perry attractive? Yes. Okay. The most of the group or is Joey the most of the group? Obviously, it's not Ross. <laughs> I, I think we were sort of told to believe that Joey was attractive. He was like a hunk. Yeah. That he's like a hunk. But he was never – I don't know if I was just too young and he was too like manly looking and Chandler was, was a little Tony bit more like accessible. Oh, Tony Danza. I couldn't conceive of anybody. <laughs> I couldn't conceive of anybody male, female. Male or female, putting Joey anything higher than sixth on the list of attractiveness. Am I yeah. crazy? Uh, Maybe above Ross, but <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> so, Matt, so Matthew Perry is the catch of the crew. Yeah, but because he's funny and he seems nice, and he's that's interesting. He certainly seems per. I don't know. I mean, like Ross is the nerd, and and Joey's the like. He's also the romantic lead. Like, there's like it's, it's interesting. It's, it's interesting. Yeah. There isn't an, an, an obvious, like, alpha male-ish. I mean, I guess it's Joey. I don't know. But it, to what you're saying, you're right that it is sort of male wish fulfillment, which I never thought of because I, I think, like, through my lens, it always felt like what you're saying about Rachel always has the upper hand. Mm-hmm. Like, all the women – Phoebe makes some joke when she finds out about Monica and Chandler where she's like, I'm so happy for them. Yeah. Well, for Chandler, Mon- Monica, Monica could do better. And you're like, <laughs> yeah. Like, Absolutely, she could. Like it, it, the women always have the upper hand. All three yeah. women, yes, are higher social status, yes, than all three men. Yeah. Yeah. Phoebe yes. rags on all the men yes. too. Yeah, you know, and no, the men aren't ragging on Phoebe. And she was homeless, but then Phoebe <laughs> gets Paul Rudd. <laughs> she lived in a subway. Did she wind up with Paul Rudd? I, no, I believe think so. so. Did they wind up together? Yes, are they? Be- yes. Yeah. What was that? Where did they go with the frizzy hair? The frizzy, frizzy hair. hair. Remember when Monica just had the frizzy hair all episode and was playing ping pong? They go to <laughs> like where oh, Rachel and Joey get together. Yeah. Which, by the way, like, I kind of like. I, I, that was, I, I want to ask what? that question. I, I didn't like it more than Rachel and Ross, but I liked it as a little like, let's try something else out. I thought yeah. it was kind of cool. You got to respect it. And I love them as roommates too. I love them so, as roommates. So there's a, there's a lot of people online, you know, I did some research that are big Joey Rachel stands. Like That's they, cool. They think that that was that that should have really happened, and I mean I don't know. It it felt a little bit like season fucking eight, guys. Like we got it season nine. Like what mm-hmm. are we gonna do? Let's let's fucking let's try the Ross. Let's it try the Rachel did, Joey thing. It did weirdly feel like it made sense in the moment. Mm-hmm. Like they were these two lost souls, and they were a little you know superficial. But like they're I, I you know I think Rachel's all heart. Joey's clearly all heart. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And I liked I, I really liked Joey pursuing her. I yeah. thought that was really sweet. There's a great moment when Ross walks in on them kissing. Mm-hmm. And he's sort of shaken by what's transpired. And he says, have you guys had sex? And they're like, no. 
And he's like, if I hadn't walked in, would you have? And Joey's like, yeah. <laughs> Joey knew it was about to happen, and Rachel did not, which I think is funny. Yeah. <laughs> but, so, I mean, they have a really interesting chemistry, and it does it, – it grounds Joey and makes Joey into far less of a cartoon right. character, which yeah. is why I think people have an affinity for it because he doesn't – for the first time in probably nine seasons, he's not spinning off into like, you know, La La Land. Did he ever have a real girlfriend? Sadmer? I don't not that I, I can think did. of. Not not a long relationship. He was always sort of the one night stand yeah. guy. I mean so uh, Chandler had uh what was her name? Janice. Jan- Janice. Amazing. Is, Janice yeah. is incredible. Janice will come back later in the show. Uh, one of your favorite moments? Uh-huh. <laughs> One of the best moments on the show. Janice, I, I, and I'm totally right. Janice's laugh is just oh, – There's something it's, about it's her. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Um, anyway, so basically, uh, finally, Joey spends the, basically the entire episode posturing as a gladiator. Uh, they try to embarrass each other. We talked about the end of the, the first part where Chandler fucking sees her rolling dice and they walk off a plane. It's weird. Uh, episode starts – the second episode starts obviously where the last one left off. They are back to back. Ross and Rachel show up at the hotel. I got to say, I laughed at the moment when they first walk into the hotel and the kid points the kid. at her. And she goes, hey! And they like, she gets up in the kid's face like a crazy person. She's amazing. <laughs> She's like, oh, kids love me. It's that works. Oh, it's that works. really great. Uh, Phoebe accidentally caused Monica and Chandler to go there on their sort of to separate on a one-year anniversary, essentially. She mm-hmm. counsels Monica to tell Chandler the truth. Uh, Monica starts to do so, but gets sucked into a craps game, starts winning. Phoebe and Chandler are looking for Monica to receive her apology, but when he finds the craps table, blah, blah, blah. It's all kind of weird. All of the mechanics of this are not great. Like, this is why this episode doesn't stand the test of time, because you're just weird. like, it's got this, like, noises off vibe, where it's like all these fucking things. Totally. It's all just kind of ping-ponging. <laughs> it's ping-ponging off of each other. And also, I mean, like, mm. Vegas and Multicam do not mesh well. Mm. No. It takes place in, like, essentially one location that has, like, a, yeah. a blackjack table against the wall, yeah. and a crap table, table in the middle, and, a cu- yeah. and like, a, a couple of it is uh, not Vegas. machines. It's just the whole thing has this like very weird kind of canned vibe. And they keep cutting to some ancient fucking extra, uh, establishing shot of the, the Caesar's, Caesar's house, house which great. looks like it's 20 years before it's this great. actually happened. Yeah. Uh, either way, Chandler uh, pulls his luggage behind him. Like and a bitch like baby. A baby. <laughs> like a bitch baby. Like a bitch baby. Like and it's empty because I don't like to fucking pack. I like to pack. Like what are you, a fucking child? Exactly. you guys? Chandler's the worst. I don't think he's the worst. He's not the worst. Who's I the worst? wrote down Ross is the worst. <laughs> In all caps. So do do we have do we have a six six frame power ranking? Uh, well, you want me to rank mine? Yeah, just in the middle of the episode. Just do Why it. Why not? Uh, Monica. Okay. Probably Rachel. I really like Chandler. Then Phoebe. Then Joey Ross. Ross is probably my last. It's my least favorite. Aww. I hate myself, guys. Continue. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead, Tia. Rachel's number one, obviously. Cool. Clearly and obviously. Sure. Uh, oh, I don't know. <laughs> it all goes to shit after it one? It goes to shit after that. It, uh, Rachel Chandler, Monica, Joey, Phoebe, Ross. Yeah, yeah. Ross is But I love to favorite. laugh Not my at favorite. Ross. Not my least favorite. Not by a long shot. All right, what's yours? Rachel, Monica. Sure. Mm-hmm. Ross. Interesting. <gasps> 
Uh, Chandler's your least favorite. Mm, yes. Rachel, he's not my least favorite. He was always one of my favorites as a kid. But, like, as I've gotten older, yeah. he really <laughs> he, he's really ineffective in the way he communicates. And I think he would be a really horrible person to be friends with in real life. Because like yeah, he's not in touch with himself. No, he's not yeah. in touch with himself. He's the kind of guy who can dish it out, but he can't take it. He's always like derailing conversations to make jokes, and then he wants to have his serious moments. He's like, he's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, he and and he's and he's also high status. I, I, I keep bringing it back to high status, but it matters. Yeah. He's also high status in that like you can't make fun of him. The way you make fun of a Joey or even like kind of the way they like gently poke at Phoebe mm-hmm. or the way the show pokes at Phoebe. The show always treats Chandler like he's um, you know, the funniest, coolest guy in the room when he's just kind of a fucking annoying baby who doesn't like to pack. So I'm going to put <laughs> – It's true. I'm going to go – Rachel and Monica are like yeah. stand the test of time characters. Yeah. Ross I really love. He would be my third. I'd probably go – Phoebe then Joey, but it's really close, and then Chandler. But I love them all. The thing about Chandler, I do I, love Chandler. I want to that say I, I remember I to, to, to what you were talking about about like as a kid. I remember, and yes, I'm I'm older than both of you, but I barely, uh, barely. But I remember going to school and people quoted Chandler. Like mm-hmm. there was his delivery, his, his cadence delivery. were were so him. Yeah. You know, could you be? I mean, like there's just yeah. he's great. So he was sort of I think that the more the most iconic in the moment. He was the Bart Simpson of this cast. And then... Wouldn't want to be friends with Bart Simpson either. No, no. I know. But I mean, Bart was the... You know the Simpsons, yeah. right? Okay. Yes. But like... <laughs> but like, Bart was the big fucking... And then everyone realized that Homer was actually the best character. Yeah. So it's... I think that there was a little bit of... he. His stock was the highest at first, and then it had the farthest to fall. There were three funny characters. The three funny characters, Joey, Phoebe, Chandler. Mm-hmm. Right? The three joke machines. Joke machines. They're my least favorite characters. Not a surprise. Yeah. They're also yeah they have the less the least amount of dimension to them is totally ultimately what it comes down to. Uh, Ross and Rachel meanwhile are in the hotel room. Rachel can't get the mustache to come off his face. <laughs> I did like him calling. I don't know who he called. He called the airline. I think he called the pen the company. marker company. The marker company was like so. I bought this. I wrote on my friend's face. Yeah, it was pretty funny. <laughs> Oh, what'd you draw? It's like a mustache and a beard. Yes, it was very funny. That is so funny. It's just great. That's like so silly. I love it. It's so good. You got the, the marker guys giving you props for using, for using their product wrong. It's, it's fantastic. Can we just go back yeah, yeah. one second to the plane? Sure. Where, speaking to what you were saying before of like in the 90s, like men always want sex. Oh, women want yeah, none of it. Yeah, yeah. Every way that Ross, almost every way that he sets her up to be embarrassed includes her wanting to have some sex. Yeah. Like, yeah. And he he's like, I don't care how bad you want it, lady. I'm not going to fuck you in the bathroom. Like, yeah. that's supposed to be mortifying. Mort- like, And then how about the fucking stranger that comes up to her and says, stranger? I'm going to the bathroom. You want to? <laughs> and she's like, just move along, yeah. buddy. Like, Famous stand-up Todd Glass. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, that's funny. Famous stand-up Todd, Todd Glass. <laughs> she's reading High Fidelity as well, which I thought was interesting. Oh, is she? Oh, I um, But, and also, the I, you've she got. a movie had already come out? No, the movie didn't come out. I don't think until early two thousands. Maybe it was. Doesn't I matter. thought it was too. Yeah. Either way, Phil doesn't know anything about. No, movies. I know nothing. Except Phil knows 99 everything. movies, he knows everything. Um, Let's find out. Well, now I'm gonna fucking look at that. I up. think you're right. I'm pretty sure I am. I think you're wrong. You, well, okay. So the rule of my relationship to Phil Kenny, which you wouldn't it's know, came out is in two thousand. I know nothing, and Phil knows everything, <laughs> and that know. just proved it. Good job, Phil. Um, I'm wrong but, again. But. <laughs> 
But it's it's the other thing that I love are airplane sets for sitcoms where people have leg room for fucking oh, miles. Man. So much room. It's just it's the, beautiful. The, the, the spacious, it's wonderful. Um so then uh okay, so then they um Monica and Chandler start playing craps together. She's really good at it. She keeps rolling eights. He says, you roll another eight. We get married here tonight. Mm-hmm. And she, her delivery of, shut up. It just got God, interesting. interesting. <laughs> it's so good. It is good. It is fucking amazing. And that's the stuff that like, it took them a while to realize that like manic Monica is funny. Like 100%. that idea of like dialing her up and her mania. Competitive Monica. Competitive Monica is the fucking best. Obviously, it's the Thanksgiving episode where they play football, football mm-hmm. which is incredible. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, – uh, I have three sisters-in-law. That's every one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, my wife. So then after the commercial break, Monica agrees. She rolls a four. One dice goes off the thing. It's on its side and they have to choose. It's a four. It's a four. It's, a four. it's always been a four. And I cried. It's, it's that, lovely. It's lovely and it's also like you had – you couldn't let them get married on chance. Like they had – you know I mean like right. they had to make that decision, choose to make that decision and it's a perfect way of doing it. Uh, it's really lovely. Um Rachel refuses to leave the hotel room because she's a human doodle. Mm-hmm. And then they go out briefly and then they come back and he's like, yeah, okay. So a lot of people were making fun of you. Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. like there's something great about, them, about them trying and then giving up, which I think is great. They get fucking hammered. Every in the room. move she makes in this, in this thing is brilliant. Perfect. <laughs> it is exactly what you're talking about. Like she's like, we're going to get drunk. And Ross is like, oh, the mini bar is so expensive. And she just looks at him. Yeah. <laughs> Like fucking taking him out. Eats some yeah. macadamia nuts spits for like a million dollars. She's like, you like those? Nope. nope. Spits it out. It's yeah. fucking yeah. perfect. It is great. It's also It also leads to the joke later. He's like, oh, there's that macadamia nut. That's not a macadamia nut. <laughs> that was great. Nope. Something else. Something else. <laughs> in, in this <laughs> casino, we play the 23. <laughs> I bet 20 bucks. I bet 20. All that stuff is fantastic. It's so good. It's so good. It's, it's so, so good. Them. It's like, that's why I love them. I, it's I, just, it's great. I, I like the truth is like they, that. Re, as Phil knows, he's yes. you know very familiar with my marriage. It's very much my marriage. Aww. my wife is like way higher status than me. Amazing, and like way out of my league. And she kind of like you know like is she's just always. I feel like I'm always like just like I love being with her. I love being like kind of like kicked around. <laughs> 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 and like trying to like and like trying to like like prove to her that I'm worthy of like being her husband and like I, there's something about that relationship that actually like maybe it seems dysfunctional but it actually makes it work. It's actually yeah. like fun and it's charming and they're trying they're working. To I'm talking about my other. own relationship, but yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, but there is something about that that like I could really relate to like the whole fun of like every day I'm going to show you how much I love you. Aww. You know that's cool. That's, that's very sweet. sweet. Oh, thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> So then uh, Phoebe has a lurker who is basically a person that hangs out near your slot machine so that if you lose a bunch, then they come and take over they and they make it when they swoop I, in. Is this a thing? It's so sweaty. It's, it's You got to really want it. Yeah. It's a thing. 
Anyway, uh, some old lady is lurking. Phoebe tells a security guard that the old lady sells drugs to kids. Good luck. Uh, it's fantastic. Meanwhile, Joey discovers his hand twin. It's, we've been over this. Uh, Phoebe and Joey eventually are thrown out of the casino mm-hmm. for appropriately, appropriately for so. Bad jokes. And then in the final, oh. scene, <laughs> oh. uh, that's one too many bad jokes out of you. <laughs> Get out! You out. Yeah. Uh, and then the final scene of the episode the finds Chandler. Tropicana. Final scene is Chandler and Monica at a Las Vegas wedding chapel. One marriage, please, is what they say. Uh, they have to wait, however, the chapel is exactly currently in use. And then finally, the occupants burst out in a joyous celebration. Roch and Rachel, still with doodles all over their faces, mm-hmm. right? She drew all over his face. Mm-hmm. Uh, then there's a hello, Mrs. Ross. Hello, Mr. Rachel, now legally married, and they charge out into the night. Amazing. And that's uh, it's great. Uh, you know, I say we do our rating, then do our, fi- our top five. I didn't even do a rating. You didn't do a rating. I'll do it on the spot. Do you know how we rate the? No, okay, so this is learn. this is very easy. Rate what you thought from zero to ninety nine. Zero being the lowest, ninety nine being the highest. Mm-hmm. Uh, what you thought of it in ninety nine when you first saw it, if you can remember what you thought of it. Uh, what you thought of it before we sat down to have this podcast, mm-hmm. and then after, as okay. though the podcast might have perhaps changed your views. I'll go first. Uh, in ninety five, and sorry, ninety five. In ninety nine. I thought this episode was fine, but the ending was gangbusters. I give it a 65 probably then. That's mm-hmm. probably where I am. Before this podcast, it kind of went down a little bit. I gave it a 60. Just I thought those the Phoebe and Joey stuff was just not great. Uh, but after this podcast, I kind of like it more. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to go back up a little bit. I'm going to say 68. Hmm. You know, it's not one of my favorite episodes. So I guess yeah. probably at the time – Maybe like, and we're talking about zero to ninety nine in terms of Friends episodes. Yes, mm. I'd say at the time around fifty. Oh wow, okay. low. Yeah, it's low. Definitely low. Um, I like the romance of it. I remember at the time thinking the hand twin thing was not funny, and thinking like, what's wrong with what, me? What, yeah, why don't I get it? Obviously, it's funny. Nothing. Everything <laughs> was right with you. <laughs> Everything was right. You totally understood. And rewatching it now, I was like, no, that that shit. Yeah, absolutely <laughs> not funny. Um, before this podcast, probably a sixty. Sure. And then after we just talked about it, maybe 65? Yeah. I think we're all probably in there. Are you in the same place? A little higher. You're a little higher? Yeah, because it's funny. It's because it's fucking friends. It's laugh. funny. Yeah. 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 Like, yeah. Like it was the breeziest, you know, 45 minutes of my week and it was yeah. funny. And like I'm just going to give it – I was excited to watch this because I thought it, it – my the, my memory of this was a lot better than I, I yeah. think it actually is. I think I was probably a lot higher back in the 90s. I think I was probably around 75 or 80. Um, I'm going to give it a 72 just to be a little higher than you guys. Okay. Because uh, I laughed and I laughed a lot and I laughed during this podcast and like even like their bad jokes are still so solid. Yeah. Their, yeah. their medium jokes are solid. Their bad jokes yeah. are hand twins. But um, – <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Did you not hand laugh twins? at this hand is my hand? That was funny. I did laugh. This hand is my hand. So this is so stupid. Oh, no. It's my hand. Oh, no. It's my hand. It's like they you had to- They brought it home. <laughs> You have to imagine that on some level that's where the jokes started and they just worked backwards. Because, like, that joke's funny. They must have loved it in the room. I they guess. had to they have. Must have, they, had no, they had nothing to go on. But, like, it, whatever. It's a it's, joke. It's, it's, I think they were probably like, whatever. It's a Joey story. Yeah. Yeah. It's also like Joey spent the first – he's a gladiator for the first half of the first part basically. Like they don't have anything to do with this character in this episode. No. So they're just like hand twin. Um, all right. So we're going to do our top five friends moments. Now, I know that Tia has seven. Uh, I technically have six. Some of mine are a little bit obvious. I just did it off the top of my head. 
Oh, I, I did some. Obvious I did too, some digging. I think, except for I dug one. a little. I did a little bit. Of, I mean, I, we both I think went down a bit of a rabbit hole. I know. All right, I'll, I'll go with. I'll give you the baseline. What, okay. What any schmuck would say. So, do we want to start with like? Let's each do like number five. We'll each oh, do number my, four. My, my top. Oh, all right. All right. We can do, all right, we can do that way. All right. Sorry, so, okay. give, so give your honorable mentions. My honorable mention goes to Smelly Cat. Aww. Not for me. <laughs> <laughs> Not for you. I, it's fine. I think it's funny. I, th- I still sing it all the time in my head. But it's, it's, it's a well. Then it did something. I like the other song she did. What was the other one? Sometimes men like women. Sometimes okay. women like men. Yeah. Then there are bisexuals. But some people say they're kidding themselves. <laughs> also, totally a relic of a different time. Also, not not, not what a Phoebe character would be talking about these days. No. Does not age well. Um, what are your honorable mentions? What's your seven and six? Uh, well, I talked about the John Lovitz thing. One yeah. thing I forgot to rewatch this, so it didn't make the list. But after. Rachel goes on Ross's honeymoon alone. Yeah. She comes back and acts all happy and he leaves the room. They're like, oh, you had a great time. And she's like, no, I had a horrible time. And then she says how the people kept coming around and saying, Mrs. Geller, why you cry? And <laughs> 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 fucking floors me every That's time. Really uh, what's your six? Um, okay. These are all out of, out of order now. Oh, my God. Um, okay. This is a sweet one. Okay. And okay. this isn't one that I rewatched, but it's from probably season either one or two. Yeah. Uh, the one where Ross finds out, and basically Rachel gets drunk and leaves him a voicemail that says, "I'm yes, over yes, yes. you." And her crawling on, and her on, on, on his him, back as he's he got the, the listens phone. to it oh, and goes yeah. over me. Yeah. When, when were, were you, you under, under me? me? Yeah. And like for every little, you know, I was, I was, I don't know, thirteen, yeah, probably younger, younger. I was probably twelve. But, you know, you have crushes on all these people, and it's like, oh my god, secretly those people are out there crushing on you too. Like it was just such wish fulfillment. Yeah, it's lovely, and it was amazing. Yeah, Kenny, five. My fifth is the Holiday Armadillo. Oh, my God. <laughs> Honorable mention, me too. <laughs> holiday Ar- so good. I'm the Holiday Armadillo. <laughs> I love the Holiday Armadillo. And then Chandler calls him a weird oh turtle God. man. <laughs> <laughs> it's so yes. good. And Superman, I love that whole thing. I Easter Bunny's funeral. Yes. Um, my number five is... A weird it's it's kind of a weird one to point out, but I'm, I did it because it's a little bit audacious for, that the show did this, which is the juice box line. Oh yeah, do you remember what I'm talking about? No. So they when when Ross and Rachel make out for the first time at the uh, planetarium mm-hmm. or at the museum or whatever, and she rolls on top of him, and she goes, "Oh, it's okay, uh-huh. it's all right." It happens all the time. It happens or all the something. time, and he says, "Oh no, you just you rolled over the juice box." No. And it's just like, that's a joke for 1995 about premature ejaculation, which I'm just like kind of kind of ballsy for them yeah. to go there. And it's a funny line and she goes like, oh, thank God. And they both laugh and then they kiss and whatever. It's just – it's a funny moment on a show that didn't really push that much. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, anyway. It did though. I would like, say – In, in this, in this sort of watching way. watching it. Yeah. But like similarly, there are penis jokes all over the place. And, and like <laughs> in that Thanksgiving episode with the trifle – they're like, oh, the pages stuck together, and Joey just goes, Chandler. <laughs> that is subtle, That's crazy funny. That's shit. Funny. Yeah, Similar. What's your five? Um, okay. Oh, that was just honorable mention. I'm gonna run out, I think. But um, one is the one where they're up all night, and this is an episode in which uh, Phoebe's fire alarm won't stop going off. I don't remember this one. And I mention it because Jason George, who is on Station 19, where he's a firefighter, and he is the sweetest man in the world. He plays a firefighter in this episode. Oh, that's funny. Phoebe throws her fire alarm, like can't get it to stop beeping, wraps it in a blanket, throws it down the fu- down the trash chute and like yeah. goes to sleep. And then 
<laughs> here's like a knocking. And then she's like, what the hell is that? And then you just hear Phoebe Buffay, and that is Jason George. And she goes, fire alarm? And it's my favorite <laughs> thing. And every time That's I saw really Jason funny. George on set, I'd go, fire oh, alarm? That's so it's adorable. That's adorable. That's great. What's your four? My four. This is the moment with Janice that I love. Okay. Mm-hmm. The episode is a very early episode. It's not that early in the show, but it's an early idea of online dating. Do you okay. remember what I'm talking about? I don't. So Chandler gets his online girlfriend mm-hmm. and they're going on these online dates together. Like they're going – like he's like, look, we're going to the museum together and we're commenting on the on the pictures on the net, on the, you know, whatever, the Modern Museum of Art or yeah. the Museum of Modern Art's website. And finally they meet and it's Janice. And she walks in and she goes, oh, my God. Amazing. And the best part of this oh, whole episode so of why this show fucking rules is Janice was always played as a clown and Chandler always loved her and you didn't know why. And instead of being horrified, he runs right up to her and gives her a big fucking kiss. And it was so That's romantic. Sweet. That's it, sweet. Uh, it's, yeah. it, it made the character, the Janice thing, so much better. Um, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Uh, number four. Uh, my number four, kind of weird, but uh, when George Clooney and Noah Wiley showed up, it just – I loved the idea that oh, like – They were doctors. They were doctors. Yeah. Oh just the God, whole like yeah. must-see TV of it all, of these like worlds colliding. Good. They weren't actually playing Dr. Ross and Dr. Carter, but like it just was a nice acknowledgement of like that these worlds are sort of you know crashing into each other, which I found really fun. It's fan candy. Um, where are we? Three? Candy. Three. Uh, well, I guess four, but I don't know where your numbers are at. I don't know. I have three left. Okay, so do three. Holiday Armadillo was one of mine. Um, the one with all the cheesecakes. Don't know that one. Okay. Seriously? I'm sorry. Okay. Well, you're saying the episodes. No, I'm just telling you the episodes that my moments are in. So, like, one storyline is that, uh, Rachel and Chandler eat this cheesecake that was, like, delivered for a neighbor, and they start to eat it, and they have this whole, like, secret eating of the cheesecake. (laughs) And it's just, you don't, you just don't see that much, uh, Rachel and Chandler. Like, they're just – there are a few storylines where it's just the two of them That's isolated. That's true. Yeah. And they like – He was Ill- dating your boss that one time. Uh-huh. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And so it, it's just weird. And so there's this part – so they get like another cheesecake and they decide to split it and like that's it and they split it. And Rachel is like, we cut them up. Like, no, don't come crying to me if like your piece is too small, blah, 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 blah. And like leaves and drops her cheesecake on the floor. And then uh-huh. Chandler comes out and is like, oh, did you drop your cheesecake? Like, don't come crying to me if you want some. And she smashes his on the floor. And now, like, all of the cheesecake is on the floor. Uh-huh. And they eat it off the floor. And then Joey comes How's up and do? pulls a fork out of his pocket. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's a great moment. And just goes, what are we eating? <laughs> that moment. It's gold. That is incredible. Oh, Joey pulling a fork good. out of his pocket is incredible. Yeah. You're three? I'm on three already. All right. Uh, my three... This is – on most people – on a lot of people's lists, this would be number one. This might be my number one. Seven. Seven. Oh, seven. wow. <laughs> yeah. No. That's, that's also pretty – that's also a pretty – That is iconic. I was so confused. Seven. Seven. Like, seven. What is this? Seven. 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 <laughs> and then, and then she just... holds up seven fingers. It's too much. Uh, the moment real fast for those who don't know – Great. Courtney Cox Monica details the seven erogenous zones mm-hmm. on a woman, mm-hmm. and the one of the best part is when she starts drawing the drawing the the whatever the model, and she draws one and two, and Chandler goes, "Yeah, of course, what, what?" <laughs> <laughs> and it's like a one, a one, two, three. It's amazing. <laughs> it's like it's 
there, and there's something so perfect about it. And like, there's a little, there's like a little like hint of brilliance to me too in having Rachel sitting next to her in a robe, not saying a word. <laughs> you know, it just kind of like it's like she's like watching porn. Yeah, you know, yeah, as yeah. like Courtney Cox is experiencing it. It's awesome. It's really great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, my number three is Monica and Ross's dance routine. Uh huh. Okay. I just love Oh, it's great. The routine. Yes. yes. It, I love it because when they get competitive together, when you see them as brother and sister, which they do, I mean, they go to that well relatively frequently, but not when they really go there with the whole like this stuff and yeah. all that. Like it, it just it's Joe just doing their version their of a version fuck of you. fuck you. Yes. Um but like they're just having their own version of fuck you is a cool thing. It's a it's great, great thing. Yes. And their dance routine is fucking absurd. Yeah. Because they're both so competitive, but they get to be together competing for something as opposed to against each other. It's just it's amazing. Modern family really lifted that idea. Yeah. Which it's is great. great. It's great. Yeah. Your number two, too, and it, like it's a little bit mother boy, like it's a little bit too it is romantic, a, which I love. It is, a, and also then love. when we find out that they were the, each other's first kisses, basically. Oh, I forgot about. You that. Remember that? No, uh, the when, Lannister stuff going on. There, she finds out that he thought he was sneaking into Rachel's room, no. <laughs> and he and and thought she was on a pile of clothes, and Monica's like, "I was the pile of clothes." <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad how good the Monica fat jokes were. Like it's horrible. How many cameras were on you? Do you remember that? Yes, of course. Cameron's 10 pounds. How many cameras are on you? I can't, we shouldn't even be making that. We shouldn't even be laughing. I it's don't terrible. Like them. No, they're terrible. Big Fat Goldie is really funny. But, but <laughs> just because it's not an inventive nickname, it's just like yes. very right there. It's just, it's, it's yeah. Okay, I'm Number blowing two. past that. Yeah, Number yeah. two, um, the one where everyone finds out, there's this great uh, moment where they're in uh, Ugly Nicky Guy's apartment, which Ross wants to rent. And Phoebe like sees Monica and Chandler doing it from across the way. Yeah. yeah. And, oh, it's a great and, like, moment. Ross I love is in it. the hall and no! Rachel comes in. <laughs> She's like, <laughs> and then um, oh god, what is it now? I, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Uh, no, no, that's okay. Yeah, Phoebe's just screaming no, and Rachel's like, it's okay, and she's like, no, they're doing it, like as if nothing will ever be okay ever again, and it's amazing. And then like Ross comes in, he has this rage moment, and so they just act like they're so excited for him to get the apartment, <laughs> and he's like, this is so weird, and they're like, get in here, and oh, he David does crazy Schwimmer thing. Yes. does this insane thing this where he's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's like he's like turned into like 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 awkward Gene Kelly for a moment. It's insane, and it's, he oh. just. Fucking goes for it and just yeah. kudos to him. That uh, makes me think of the moment when Joey puts together that Monica and Chandler are together. Yes. Yeah. The w- dumbest one. What, with the, the bra? With, no, 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 with the, my, no. No, with the, uh, eye, the eyelash, eyelash curler. Oh, and he goes like – and like his eyes get oh, yeah, big yeah, yeah, yeah. and it took him so no. – <laughs> No. And then they have to drag him into the other room. Yeah. Oh, uh, so I'm thinking of the moment where they're trying to prove that – when was the moment where Phoebe is trying to prove that they're – it was the same episode, right? Same episode. She's trying to get them to admit that they were doing this and she tries to sleep with Chandler and she's mm-hmm. like, do you want to touch my bra? It's so good. It's so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, What's your number two? My number two is from the best episode of all time. Mm-mm. It's the entire episode. The moment I gave was the transponster. Yes, transponster. Which I love so much but it it's also great. is them coming in on the on the dog. Just the rolling it's dog. Yeah. It's the best friend's – visual moment it's a great it's, it's like, it is tremendous it's in the credits it's right? the life i mm-hmm. want i want to be a guy rolling in on a giant dog uh my number two is joey putting on all of chandler's clothes 
Classic. It's just classic. It's, it's classic. <laughs> it's just it's absurd. We're it's, all gonna have the same number one. Right? I think we are. Okay, great. I imagine no we're. No. Yours is. I think we might. If it's not, then I'd be surprised. Um, but it's it's also Joey saying, "Could I be wearing any more clothes?" <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so good. It's just it's just great. Uh, what's your uh, your number one? My number one is every single moment from the one where Ross got high, which is the Thanksgiving episode. But it like every sort of moment. every single moment. It culminates in all of these confessions, which is like such a like hacky TV thing. But like it's so satisfying. And so they like all realize all these things, and then Ross and mm-hmm. Monica's parents are there, and uh, their mom just starts to like mom everyone, which I fucking love. And she looks at Rachel says like. I wasn't supposed to put beef in the trifle. And she just says, no, you weren't supposed to put beef in the trifle. It did not taste good. And it's like so cutting. It's good. And I think that's my number one favorite moment. It's a lobster. Yeah, it's a lobster. (laughs) What? If it's not, you're crazy. I am not crazy. It is. It is. The, so, it's sometimes the, the best, just the best. It's, it's the moment the that I've rewatched the, the most of Friends. Know. It gives me goosebumps every time I watch it. It shouldn't work because it's filled with any the, number of right. tropes. The video is. The video is fucking amazing. Leaf into the kiss into he's her lobster. I want to fall best. apart. It's the best. I'm a puddle of tears. I, every right. time I cry. Puddle it's of tears, right? Every there. time. See, Kenny and I, we it's just every, get each other. Yeah, it's but everything like, I ever want out of anything I've ever done. <laughs> Does this start the 10 hours of holding each other? Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll watch this in the Magnolia. The Magnolia. Yeah, it's just, but I do think that there's, it, it does everything that this show is yeah. striving for, which is big fucking jokes with a yeah. huge heart. Yeah. And like, it's all of them in the, in their apartment watching, te- like, it just, it all just feels real. I also just can't even imagine, it also like, has one of my favorite live studio moments, which is the gasp that the audience gives before she kisses him, where it's just like, I don't know. It's just, it's just good stuff. It's also about like spectacular. It's just Ross being Ross and just showing that like he has loved her basically his whole life. It's just great. It's just good stuff. Don't know how, I I, I don't know what else to add. I, (laughs) I do. I think, I think it's a perfect multicam sitcom it's moment. Fair. I don't mean that in any way yeah. to undercut it. I think that that's – I think understanding that what the audience wants more mm-hmm. than anything is to feel good, yeah. to feel a connection, to see people who love each other. It's a brilliant way of showing that Ross yeah. is not just mm-hmm. like liking the girl now because she's cute and got a nose job. Yeah. Um, and, you know, he, he's – you know, stopped working on his music. He stopped working on his music. He cut <laughs> his dun, hair. Dun, 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 um, <laughs> It's just – it's – all that stuff is his – re- his, It's just great. The, the, the present day Ross, his reaction to the whole video yeah, being yeah, played yeah. was perfect. Yeah. And yeah. standing in the back of the room was perfect. Yeah. The way she walked up to him. Yeah. It's um, just it, – it's like how can you not love this, Tia? I'm not saying it has good. to be number one. But like – It's the moment. It's, it's the moment. He's her lobster. It's just it, – it just, it just turns the show to me from like yeah. funny, really, really funny. Everything working, everything firing on all cylinders to just like one of the best shows ever made. Yeah, it it just it I I think it's also when you think about all the will they won't they's that have existed mm-hmm. on television specifically in multicam, but it's just it's so rare that that it's bottling lightning that yeah. idea, mm-hmm. and you have to wield it properly, and they did for the most part. I mean, again, I don't really know that by season ten when Ross and Rachel end up together that I'm like 
invested anymore in that relationship because it went through so many ups and downs. Of course, but it's been through so much. But you know, it's like the only comparable one that I can think of is Pam and Jim on on The Office in terms of a relationship that like America was invested in these two ending up together. And The Office did it perfectly in a totally like kind of banal but perfectly like genuine real way. Friends felt like a fantasy. I loved yeah. The and, Office in it know, too, though. I, I think. Oh, I, yeah, I totally bought I it. I did, I, and but, I think they. I, to The Office's credit, I think they used their format to their yes. to their advantage in telling that story. Totally. Oh, totally. Um, that whole fly on the wall thing. There was that parking lot scene where they're far away from. Yeah. I like the idea that this documentary crew, you know, recognized what that that they had struck gold, yeah. kind mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Like the whole that yeah. really felt right to me. Yeah. Um, I mean, the moment when Jim asks her out. Yeah. I still cry yeah. every time. It's every just, time. And her just looking at the kid. It's just like it's just great stuff. Yeah. It's really good. Yeah. It's it's I don't know the 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 the, the prom lobster kiss. If it's not in your top five, I don't know what to tell you. I guess I'm not a true fan. <laughs> no I'm kidding. It's just really, it's really, really good stuff. It's a really, really good. Um, stuff. It's also there's something very. Um, you feel like they've captured something in the reactions from the rest of them after the kiss too. Like there's yeah. something about like yeah. the laughter of the of the crowd and the way that they're interacting that feels very sort of like we got this in a take. You know, mm-hmm. like it just felt like. It's, it's it's really good stuff. It, I I I can't get over mm. more than almost anything we've done or talked about on this podcast. Yeah. That's what I aspire to do as a writer. Yeah. yeah. So I think yeah I think they've really that you know that's it's as I said sometimes the best is just the best. <laughs> <You know? laughs> like some sometimes Titanic deserves to win best picture. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you've seen Titanic, right, Tia? I have seen Titanic. Okay, okay. you'd be surprised how many movies Tia has not seen. If not a lot of movies. A, this is just totally off topic. Yeah. I was having a conversation with some people. There was a all-time Best Picture winner. I'm talking about the Oscars gave yeah. an all-time Best Picture winner, yeah. not if like you know, film comment gave it. Uh, what would the answer be? I mean, Titanic's in the conversation I think for it would sure. Be Titanic. I mean, Forrest Gump might be up there too. No, Titanic would crush it. What would Titanic would crush it? I think you're, I think I think it's Titanic I, I, versus Gone with the Wind, and I think Titanic wins. Tia's like the talented Mr. Ripley <laughs> wasn't nominated. Tia, it was so great to but, have you. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to say one quick thing about Titanic versus Forrest Gump, and the difference is is generational. I think that that your baby boomers versus your teenage. You know what I mean? Like teenagers love Titanic. It's not to say that it didn't transcend all demos. Fortunately, though. they're all dying out. Um, next week we're going to do uh, a real classic <laughs> 99 flick. Fuck. I didn't know it existed. Uh, one of the great flicks you'll ever see. You'll ever see. My friend Teddy Bressman is coming on to talk about Simon Says. I know you've all been looking forward to it. <laughs> We've been getting countless emails, tweets, DMs, everyone talking. When are you going to do Simon Says? When are you going to do Simon Says? Um, that's we, We're doing it. I don't need to tell you. That this is the 1999 movie starring Dennis Rodman and Dane Cook. You already know that. You uh, already know. That. I don't need to tell you. It's it's S E Z. Yeah. Or Z. What? Or Z. Or Z. Yeah, that's what we say in Canada. Z. Oh, excuse me. S E Z. I don't need to tell you that. Um, I know that. I mean, I don't need to tell it's you. Obvious. That, I don't need to tell you what the plot's about. It's. Um, you couldn't if you wanted to. Couldn't if I wanted to. <laughs> but. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's it's, why I don't need to. Yeah, you really don't need to. It's a real doozy of a movie, guys. Doozy of an episode. I, I would actually it's it is. It's a great episode. And I would also say too, 
generally speaking, when we do bad movies, I, I'll say, don't watch this. You should watch. This. Oh, watch this movie. <laughs> you gotta watch this. I think it's available. It needs to be on, seen to be believed. It's I think on it's iTunes. available on Amazon. It's on iTunes. I think it's free on Amazon. It's free. Don't pay for this movie. Don't pay for- I think it's free on Amazon. Oh, uh, I might be uh, wrong about that. Um, <laughs> watch this. You should watch movie. It. Watch it. Hi. It is so good. Um, yeah. Like it really is. I mean, I was making jokes, but like this movie is like it's not good. But it's, it's not like, good. It's so ridiculous. It's shocking. Is what it is. It's you watch it in in disbelief that it exists. Someone edited this movie. Someone, Someone got this it. footage and was like, uh, "Okay, yeah. I'll put a movie together." <laughs> <laughs> this is my job. I guess I'll do it. Right, I'll find a movie here. We also, I was also able to get on the phone with uh, one of the screenwriters. Uh, so we we had a little bit of intel on what it was like to to make this movie. So I, I got on the phone with Andrew Miller, which was a lot of fun. And uh, so there's a little bit of inside. Baseball, I guess. Inside basketball. A little inside basketball. A little inside basketball. Oh, we it is a great app. We talk, yeah, we talk a lot talk about, about Birdman. We talk about, <laughs> <laughs> talk about the 90s Bulls. We talk about. Yeah, a lot of things I don't know anything about, but it was a lot of fun. We, yeah, it's a great episode. Uh, <laughs> Tia, thank you for being here. Will Thanks you come back? Thanks for having me. Oh, anytime. <laughs> um, it was the proposal. All oh, about Steve and Blindside the same year. The proposal by far the best of those three. Interesting. Most successful too, right? Yeah, just, do just a great movie. What was that? Have you seen The Proposal? No. Ryan Reynolds, Sandra Bullock. Ryan Reynolds plays a Canadian. Oh, wait. No, he's not the Canadian. She's he, the Canadian. He's an Alaskan. Yeah. And they get married so that she can get a visa. It was. Mm-hmm. I also watched that film in 09, and it hit way too close to home. Oh, I was just like, oh Phil. Fuck this Little movie. Canada. Well, that's why Phil went and created Sleepy Hollow. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> to say in this country. It's true. <laughs> There's more truth to I that tell, than there I should be. I tell that story all the time. <laughs> it's my favorite story. It's, we'll tell it on the podcast one day. When we yeah, do so the Sleepy, we'll Hollow do a episode, Sleepy Hollow episode, I will tell the story point. that I tell about how I you I can't wait created, to hear that story. Yeah. How I created how, Sleepy how Hollow. How Kenny created Sleepy Hollow. Um, my friend of the country. <laughs> that's amazing. But uh, you need to come back. Anytime. We'll find another movie or another television show, uh-huh. something, or or it. maybe one that you haven't seen, perhaps. Yeah, okay. Which we is, had some ideas. Yeah, we had a couple. Um, you're on Twitter. Yes. What's your Twitter handle? I am at Tia underscore Lucia uh-huh. L U C I A, which is different than my Instagram handle, which is at Tia Lucia, which a lot of people frequently tag the me best. as their aunt Lucia because Tia is aunt in Spanish. So oh. many like free, tags. Like, yeah. Are you uh, – is that your middle name, Tia Lucia? Yeah. Beautiful name. Tia Lucia Napolitano. Yeah, that's great. A lot of vowels. Uh, I am at PM Iscove on Instagram and Twitter. We are at podcast like 1999. Please rate, review, subscribe. And thank you for listening. Podcast like it's just podcast like it's podcast like it's 1999. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.